Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Farah. Dustin Fraser. So, change of plans, people. Instead of doing an actual podcast like we're supposed to be doing, we're going to play badminton tonight. That's how we're going to go. Isn't that, isn't that what you do? Like when you're clearly in a specific role, you start doing other shit that has nothing to do with it. Isn't that the thing now? Like, I guess it is. I don't know. I serve. All right. There's been a lot of stuff in seven days. It's been like a month worth of things. Ugh. Two and a half at least. Are you ready for everything now? Uh, I mean, it's not. It's too late. We're on the air now, so. That AEW off of that double or nothing. We got to talk about the results on that, right? Yeah, double or nothing. God, so much stuff. Mm-hmm. I love how consistent of a co-host you are. You know, you seem to always be prepared for everything. No matter how crazy this gets, you're always there. You're always consistent. You know. Yeah, I mean, if three years of GameStop didn't kill me, I think I'd be all right at this point. So. Yeah. Years ago, my co-hosts were not that consistent. Like, in fact, the only things one of my earlier co-hosts did years ago consistently was not pull out. That might be part of what attributed to uh, to you getting your seat. Wow. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Incredible. But yeah, we'll shout you guys out later on personally in the chat room and stuff. We do that more towards the end credits nowadays. But uh, we're going to go over all of the news, the good, the bad, the ugly, the reviews, all that kind of jazz. I'm genuinely happy to be here. Yeah. I mean, then again, when you have a competent co-host, it's always pretty easy to be happy. So, Yeah, I'd say the last, uh, I don't know how many we've done, but the last, the new era with the new intro and the new everything. Yeah. This last era has been my favorite. If we're going by seasons, I don't know what you call it. This is my favorite season. Like, I kind of feel like, and it's no disrespect, everyone's done good work here, but I just kind of feel like a lot of the true nature of the show started to get diluted with gimmicky stuff, you know, and like, yeah, we're more of our truer selves, or at least, uh, you know, people change on a day-to-day basis. I feel like, I, I feel different. I don't know about you. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm right there with you. I feel a little more chipper than it usually used to be when I come on here and they'd be like, oh, here we go. And now I'm like, fuck yeah, it's Monday. Like 2020 me couldn't do the 2016 show. I, I don't even think 2020 oh. me could do the 2019 shows, to be honest with you. Oh, God, back in the day when it was like just specific, okay, we're doing this, yeah. then we're doing this, then we're doing it's this, like how do you fuck up on this, what happened with this? Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I, I don't think 2020 me could do, like there's so many things I, I catch myself doing completely different from over a year ago, let alone four or five. That's the reason why I always tell people, let old grievances go because the people that you hold them against, they're, you're, you and them are not even the same human beings by the, by the next time you see them. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. change progressively. And it's only those that you're around constantly that uh, you won't notice that change. Because they say if you're around someone every single day, then if they get fat, you would never notice until they're fat because you're seeing a slow progression of it. It goes that way with personalities. Like, if you're talking to people, listening to people, conversing with people three years, you don't really notice unless you start to look for the subtle differences in them. Yeah. And, uh, but when I look, I can say, I don't really assess others, but I say for myself, yeah, I couldn't be 2019 or 2018. Oh, so I give you a lot of credit because that's crazy. And it also, there also wasn't an apocalypse back when we used to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was an apocalypse. Remember that? Those days. There wasn't the end oh, of man, the, the world days. and humanity. We didn't have to like 
fight for our rights and shit every day. People used to go to the mall. It used to be awesome. Hope the Sentinels don't pull us out of our rooftop. Right. <laughs> like, oh, great. Or does this mean we're going to get collared? Oh. <laughs> Should I write that one down? Does this mean we're going to get collared? Should have stayed in the mansion. Yeah, incredible. there you go. So, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff's been going on here. Um, a lot of people are angry, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite part? Or most the thing you're most in a, invested in of this week, as far as news and stuff goes. Oh boy, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, realistically, when it comes to everything that's happened this week, it's kind of funny. It's almost outside of the news. It's literally the double or nothing, and then chapter three, the last ride. And I think it's because those were the only two things where I didn't just see rage everywhere. So I was like, I enjoyed the peace and quiet for a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, AEW, I kept hearing people upset about it. I don't, I don't know. We're not going to get into that yet, but it didn't really make any sense to me because when I did finally get to look at it, it was fine. Yeah, as far as I just, there was nothing to make you like at the uproars that I was hearing. I didn't hear any spoilers, thankfully, but as people seemed like there was a split community, polarizing community, they're visibly p- pissed off. You know. Yeah, but it's like it. What, there, there are some things where it's like, oh, would have done that different, but it just starts for me just to come down to more of it's just the AEW haters looking. Trigger the Rainmaker. Yeah, Sugar Shane, I never get to properly thank you in regards to he's always been such a great supporter, but thank you for the twenty dollar donation there. All love and appreciation. I know that it goes back into improving the quality of all of our content that we're bringing you. And but my yeah. fat snacks. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Shane's <laughs> awesome, man. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, there was things we're gonna get into it that some of us would have done different. But I just it at this point when I hear people bitching about AEW or stuff they do. I just I don't even take it seriously anymore because there's too many people who do it just because it's not WWE to the point where it just sours any negative opinions I hear any days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like there's, there's too much of it that comes from a place devoid of actual logic outside of that's not WWE. Where's Rey Mysterio with Seth Rollins? It's like, shut up. If with some of the stuff, and we'll get into one of them with the uh, with the pay per view, I can see the purpose behind it so i can understand the, the some people being upset when you're looking at it from a logical point of view yeah but then at the same time i can see where it works yeah like here's my here's always been my perspective when it comes to the brand wars and stuff during the era of wwe versus wcw i could totally understand arguments for both sides of why you'd be watching nitro or why you'd be watching raw aside from the fact that they both aired at the same time there were times that they made it very difficult to uh, decide who you were going to uh, watch live. And then there were times that they made it extremely easy where it was like, well, obviously we're not watching this crap. But that, but that conflict and those wars, it never really felt to me, or at least in my experience, where someone from those watching WWF at the time would look at a WCW person like, how could you watch that? Like if they liked it, they liked it. And that was it. And if the W and the Nitro people didn't really judge them, like there was a Monday Night War, but it was more competitive and less toxic than nowadays. Yeah, I feel you, like if you reason, were on the other side, you could justify being on the other side, and the guy on the other side would be okay with it. Yeah, and I feel like the the reason behind that, 
and I'm not sure if there's a name for this or a label for these kind of people, but if there isn't, there should be a word or a terminology for this. But there's a new culture of people over the last decade or or even two where it's just like they just want to be the odd men out. They want to they want to like and support the other thing that's not the thing so that they can always be in conversations where they go. You might like this thing, but check out this thing. And it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's the opposing view. They just want to take that stance. It's more about getting the exactly attention of taking that stance than it's about what they actually want. And they're so they're they're so diluted in that energy that they don't even realize that that's what they're basing their choices on. And the example that I present to you is the next generation WWE versus TNA fans. I always suspected on this show, especially that there were a lot of TNA fans out there that just like to be because they would always be on Twitter and on message boards. They just like to say stuff about TNA. They just like to have the opposing view of not being the brand. Like this is an, another different alternative thing. It's almost like back when I was a teenager, people would listen to metal and underground metal and stuff like that. But as soon as it became commercial and was on MTV and became known, they would hate it. Like they don't want to listen to it anymore. Now it's, now it's considered corporate. Like when they didn't know it and it was an underground band, it was cool to listen to. But once it yeah. caught on, it just became to to industry for them i feel like that's what a lot of people with wwe versus tna went through it wasn't like the monday night Wars. they just didn't they just wanted to to fight against a man you know what i mean and at the same time it was Vince man you know but that being said what what to me has proved over years that this is truly what that culture is it's not just uh it's, it's not just a fake thing is when you look at nowadays right i've ironically wondered where the hell all of those tna fans have gone can you guess? <laughs> They're a WWE now. Exactly. <laughs> you find the same <laughs> people. You find the same people that used to defend TNA against WWE now on the same groups defending WWE against AEW. Think about that shit for a minute. With, with the they, same blind because, face. Because AEW is the popular cool thing that's getting a lot of attention, but they're no longer the opposing force if they're the popular cool thing. They want to be the different anti-culture thing. So now they're going for the thing that actually has been sucking more lately. It hasn't been terrible, but if you were going to put a label, one sucks more than the other. They're going for the one that's dropping ratings and losing uh, the Wednesday Night War. So to me, it proves it's you like, can find more things wrong with the side they're picking. Yeah, it's funny. It's like it's kind of like just pick the shittier side. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the right. logic of the game is. It's almost like. I hate to say it, but Mets fans are almost Mets fans sometimes. Some of them, not all of you. I love some of you Mets fans, but some of you are Mets fans for the sake of being Mets fans. It's almost like a pride of going out on your sword. It's not even about that's the team that you love or support so much as it's about like, you know, dying with honor, like samurai against gunmen. You know, yeah. you just don't want your old ways to go. So you just go out on your sword type shit. I can't do that with sports and I certainly can't do that with wrestling brands. If you suck, you suck. And if you're good, you're good. And I'm going to kind of go with what it is with teams. I'm going to, there's not going to be loyalty to anything. I just want to go for the good shit. You can judge me all you want for that. But that, co- that motivates people. If everyone had that attitude, I think it would motivate more people to try to be the good shit. At least that's my opinion. You know? Yeah. Pretty spot on. I mean, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just, just oh, weird. God. It's just weird when I see that kind of stuff happen in our culture it's almost like there's this brand shaming but it's really that they want to be able to shame you while being part of the shameful brand isn't that such a strange paradox they want so they weird argue. Like... some people are just compelled to argue the shittiest thing that they can and don't fall for it that's the reason why i don't engage a lot of people on social media that's all they're there for don't let them do it that's part of trolling they just want to argue the shittiest thing that they possibly can and that that's what they're a fan of they're a fan of their own shittiness not of the actual thing. The thing is just a prop of shittiness that they can wield at you. 
It could be anything. And that's just always the way that it's gone. You know, they want to be the go-bots to your Transformers. Oh, my God. You know, they, they want to be, the, be the Beetleborgs to your Power Rangers. They want to be the Samurai Pizza Cats to your Ninja Turtles. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Samurai Pizza Cats. I'm done. <laughs> Yo, I didn't know that was a thing. I think it was. I hope it was. Oh, I feel God. like I've heard that before. I would never watch the off-brand stuff. You see, that's how to touch it. Even then, I had the insight to know. Samurai I Google always want to be a thing that they have to be out there. They have to be out there. Oh fucking hey, Samurai Pizza Cat, I'm done. <laughs> <sighs> Incredible. And yeah, we're gonna talk about the heavy stuff tonight. When I'm not I'm never opening the show with the heavy serious stuff that goes on around here no matter what. So uh, yeah, but we do sure. have we do have to talk about all of that, obviously. There's no yeah. way around it. We promise. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, yeah, when it comes to talking about stuff that sucked, let's talk about something that hasn't been sucking. Okay. Chapter three of The Last Ride. Have you seen it yet? I still haven't seen chapter one. I've been going by your uh-huh. your commentary every single week with this thing. What is this? So first of all, before we can get into chapter three, how this isn't even just an Undertaker documentary anymore. This is like the story of The Undertaker, the way that oh. they did freaking Tiger King. Like this is an episodic journey through the world of The Undertaker. You know, I'm thinking he had already, I, I thought he already had too many documentaries, but this is beyond documentary level. You know, it's just crazy <laughs> exactly. that this is literally like a show now. But continue. Let's talk about episode three of the journey of The Undertaker. Did we lose him? Uh-oh. What's going on there? I don't know if we lost Dustin there. Maybe we won't be able to hear about episode three of The Undertaker. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. Sorry. About that. <laughs> I was about everything, everything, everything kind of pooped to bed for a second. My bad. But, uh. <laughs> Yeah, so this I was. I thought you were um, doing a dramatic start into it. Like, that's how serious episode three got. That it was like to pause. <laughs> I was like, should I play some music? No, er, er, every, everything decided to just go. But, um, yeah, so episode three, basically, it was, it revolved more around Taker basically talking about four of, I'd say, some of his best WrestleMania matches, which were, uh, the two with Sean and the two with Triple H. And, um, he, of course, went into detail about just the fact that how good those matches were. It's kind of interesting. He referred to um when they talked about the end of an era, the idea behind how they wanted that particular match to go. The fact that Sean and Triple H were, I mean, um, Sean was the first Hell in the Cell he had. That was the very first one. Then you roll in the fact that he and Triple H, I think Triple H even mentioned the fact that they've been in two thirds of them. So it was perfect to have those two end everything in that match. Um Obviously, when going into the two matches with Shawn Michaels, he actually made a very interesting comment that I think once again went back into what he's been saying pretty much for the last two chapters. He was envious of the fact that Shawn not only got to call his shot, but it went perfect because we all talk about when Shawn retired at WrestleMania 26. It was similar to what The Undertaker is going through now, whether he where he want that um that perfect match. But the only difference is for Sean, the match went absolutely perfect. So I think he's in, he's unfortunately in the situation Sean was in, but the problem is something keeps going wrong. Whether, whether he even unfortunately mentioned. Well, what went wrong uh, this time? You see what I mean? He's saying about all these perfect matches. Why didn't he stop in any of these? Did he explain that? Um, it's, it's something. So, and this is one thing I've noticed with a lot of the guys who are retired, like example, uh, Mick Foley mentioned it. Edge mentioned it. Sean mentioned it. It's something that a lot of these wrestlers go through where it seems like in their head they have to make peace with it. 
I guess at that time with those two matches, Taker wasn't ready. And then when you look at the two matches with Triple H, still not ready. From what it seems like, 30 was supposed to be it. But then him getting hurt at 30, Michelle McCool mentioned what she calls the vicious cycle. Something happens, then boom, he has to redeem himself. No, but and something it's a, it's started re- happening once he became old enough for stuff to start happening. There were three or four matches before stuff started happening where they were perfect, which is what his story is. Yes, and that was the problem. Those were the three, three or four matches he wasn't ready yet. But um, he um he mentioned, of course, unfortunately, the Saudi match. And <laughs> Michelle literally almost virtually said the Saudi match was the worst thing that could have happened because he looked at uh, the match he had with Rusev. They mentioned that. I think a few other matches he'd had in between then. And Taker mentions how he was feeling good. He was feeling better than he felt in a long time. His body wasn't bothering him like it used to. So he knew kind of, okay, maybe we ended on this one because it's literally three people who are probably more deeply connected to his career than he's ever had. He ends it on that. And then we know how that turned out. But um, when I looked at some of the other things that other people were saying, Mick Foley specifically, he even said that at this point he knows when it's over, he will know. And it's unfortunate because we've talked about it the last two times. As fans, we want it just to be done because it's painful to watch. It is. But, it totally is. But the, pro- but the sad part about it is, and Edge is literally hoping he gets to this point soon, he has to make peace with it. Like, if, if he's not ready in his head, he'll never be ready. But the problem with it is, the, I think what it seems to be is that he's setting his sights too high for what his body can still do. But it seems like as time goes on, it seems the more he talks about his career, it seems like that bar is starting to lower. So hopefully he is getting closer to what he needs to be able to just be at peace with it. Uh, I think an exact quote from Edge is Edge said that he hopes that Taker finds that one match that he needs. And when he finds it, he knows he's had it. And then he could just close the door. There's definitely a general consensus from everybody who's talking on this, that they're just hoping he finds that, scenario he's looking for so then he can just go even he's looking for it at this point right right but But, the thing that they shouldn't make so obvious while they're doing this little documentary that i haven't even seen yet and figured out their little (laughs) little scheme here but the thing that they shouldn't make so obvious and i don't want to jump too far into raw or anything i don't know if undertaker's ever going to find this ideal match of someone from his era to go out with but obviously they're going to try with edge yeah, it seems yeah, they, they definitely seem like they teased him and Edge having one last dance. It's <laughs> last week I said that he's the only person. No, I didn't say that. I said that he needs someone from his era. I said that. Remember, I said he needs someone. Yeah. You can't go out with someone from the NXT era or from Full Sail. You oh, got to no. go out with your own guy. This is his last shot. And if anyone can get a good match with the Undertaker, it's Edge. Yeah, Edge still has Edge can still work with him enough and knows him well enough and will take care of him well enough. To get, I think, that match he needs out of him. And we don't know what's next for Edge after Randy Orton. That could be it. Wasn't Edge someone who they wanted to break the streak at one point and he didn't? He declined. He was like, I'm not going to do it. I feel like he was one of the people. When when Edge and Randy, when Edge and, um, when Edge and Taker had their WrestleMania match, that was, they pitched that to be the night the streak died, but Edge didn't want to do it. Yeah, they have the backstory for this. This is happening. All right. Yeah. This is already happening. They and then they have it. Edge, all these new things where he's talking about Taker's retirement and stuff. And this is already happening. It's done. We already know WrestleMania. Oh, sh- sh- Shane, I will cut you. I swear to God. But uh, <laughs> Shane talked about some Bobby Lashley. I swear to God. I'll, How amazing I'll turn everything be? off right then. But um, yeah, definitely, as, as usual, though, 
absolutely uh, incredible. One of my favorite moments was a really funny moment in it. Um, they talked about uh, they showed some backstage stuff from the match he had with Cena. Well, the run through he had with Cena and Taker's daughter looks up and goes, I can't believe daddy won. And all you see is Taker in the background. Just look like, are you shitting me? Even you didn't believe me. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe daddy won. <laughs> but it was so funny like one of my favorite things about this documentary is getting just to see, getting to see him be fun because we never see that we never hear about the fun mark calloway it's it's a really cool um aspect of his life to see it's still unbelievable that after all this time he's letting everybody in this much but i think just like i say after every one of these little reviews i throw out I hope he finds that clarity soon because he needs to. And it's interesting. He wants to. I think the edge match would actually be perfect because I didn't. I didn't even know yet. Now, until just now, I literally didn't think who could be the perfect one to basically close the door and edge would be best for it, I think. Oh, for sure. For sure. In fact, actually, I would almost say edge or Randy Orton because those are two cases of a known time when they wanted to see the streak end. But. The other guy didn't want to do it. No, nah, I wouldn't do Orton. Yeah. But Edge uh, is yeah, perfect. The Edge, Edge would story, be a little more fitting. They're already writing it. Whether they want to admit it or not, they're already writing it. They don't know. When's the last time somebody's done a promo and just mentioned somebody else in their promo? Yeah. In all the years <laughs> you've watched wrestling, if two guys were, were, were promoing against each other and one does a little video package, you know, like, can you imagine, you know, like if John Cena was doing a promo against Randy Orton in the middle of it, it was like, you know, I, I know how Bob Holly felt back in his feud. Like, that's what Edge did tonight. Not to jump too far ahead, but that's what he did. In the middle of talking about Orton, he was like, you know, an Undertaker. And it was like, what? Undertaker? I've never in my life heard somebody in a promo just decide they're going to throw someone else in there. So you expect me to believe the one time in my entire life that shit happens when I getting Edge versus Undertaker? And you heard it here you know, At this point, if that wasn't their game plan, that needs to be the game plan now. <laughs> because it's like, you can't, they can't sit there and act like nobody caught that. No, like everybody caught that. You'd be surprised how many people didn't and are going to listen to this on demand tomorrow, Tuesday during the day and go, oh, shit. (laughs) Let's see if you let's see if we because this is 1130 going now into 1230 that we do the show after rock Eastern time. Let's see if it was in the air anywhere before that, because that's something we don't know a lot of the time. Think about how many times we had WTF moments. You know, oh, yeah. where it was like hot at that, you know, we, like we could have sworn because it would be stuff that we didn't get off of the news. And so this is just something from a yeah. little bit you've told me and from me seeing Raw tonight that made me think that that's possibly what we're dealing with. Yeah, I didn't even put two to two together when I heard him say it. I just like, oh, cool. Plug into the show. But no. CM Punk yeah. to be Taker's last match. He, isn't he too busy pretending to be the mystery hacker? Like, come on now. He actually has to get his ass in the ring before that shit happens. So. No, no, Shane. Sean is retired. He has stayed retired. He is staying retired. Don't you unfuck that. Don't you fuck that up. Don't you? No. <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, it's still to this day been a great watch. So I'm enjoying every second of it. Every time I get a chance to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds really cool. Oh, yeah. So it, it's kind of weird because now the next time I see him, if he's straight up in like Taker gimmick, I'm going to be able to see straight through it because I've seen too much Mark Calloway now. <laughs> I can't even see the shit now. Yeah, nah, it's a it's a bit of an over. I mean, I guess they this was good timing. They they had I don't know if they planned on airing it or if it's because of the circumstances that they said you know let's do it. Yeah, 
I mean, this was, I think this was originally supposed to be like a retirement type thing. Like when um, he was supposed to call after 30 and then it evolved into something completely different. So, yeah. but loving every minute of it. Mm-hmm. So did you uh, hear about uh, the Joe Rogan show that had Pat and Oswald on it? This whole thing that happened? I guess Pat. I've been hearing bits and pieces about this whole thing. I'm like, oh, God. Is Pat and Oswald is a hero now from what it sounds like. I don't know. He's the man. What makes a man is it's a power in his hand. <laughs> so, no, it's the patent. I, I haven't seen it yet. Is it the patent in his hand, right? I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't see it yet, so let's bring this shit up. <laughs> the Joe Rogan experience. But there's a generation of people putting luminol on people's online history that that will die out and, and it'll turn into, if, if it was something horrible a week ago, Yes, let's talk about that. If you dug up something someone did 10 years ago, everyone's going to go, yeah, you should see the shit I put it. Like, that won't, that won't land the way that it is now. It just yeah, won't I think land. our, our expectations a- of people are different. We don't, we, we're not uh, under the illusion anymore that these aren't real people because we want them to be presidential or we want them yeah. to be a representative. We're not under the illusion anymore that, they, that, are, that they're not real people. It's almost like when they had to admit that WWE was fake. It's like, okay, now we could just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. You don't have to have these arguments with your, your friends right. over whether or not it's fake. Yeah, but the thing about the WWE that everyone <laughs> keeps um, forgetting is, yes, it's scripted, but it's scripted mayhem and destruction. They are scripting out these people, these men and women going, in the script, you're going to fall 40 feet onto a table of glass. Yes, we <laughs> scripted that to happen. But it's still a person doing that. Yes. Like there's a level of 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 adrenaline junkiness and um, athleticism that goes beyond, I think, a- athletics. Yeah. So when people are like, yeah, wrestling's fake. Yeah, no shit. These people. It's like when you watch a Jackie Chan film. That's a scripted film too. Stick around for the end credits. He just got his skull knocked open. Yeah. They literally he punched a hole through his skull doing a stunt. So it, it, you're you're. You're dismissing something. Uh, your definition of fake needs to be tweaked a little bit in this case. Yeah, it's another way of looking at it. It's 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 yeah. definitely uh, it's definitely scripted. It's not like yeah. they're risking it all because it, they don't know what the outcome's going to be. It's different than an actual athletic event, but it's still pretty badass. Like it's, and, as far as what they're able to do, I mean, th- yes. they don't get nearly enough credit for it either. Because while they were doing it before the the lockdown, they, they were doing it. 250 plus days a year traveling all over the country, throwing each other on tables. Different time zones, a bad jet lag, bad food, no no sleep. Like these people that have to be in peak physical condition under the worst conditions to maintain that. Yeah. And, And also think of the years when the WWE was this struggling, basically mom and pop operation trying to launch itself. And they had even less um, uh, resources than they do now, and but those guys were still doing that over and over and over again. It's brutal, and, and MME is the same way. Those guys, there's no money. There's the travels brutal. The like the, the amount of matches they have to do is brutal. Oh, it's MMA, an, it's, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. it's all brutal. Uh, what do you think? I, I I personally don't think that anybody said anything terrible on here no i mean i guess if we're referring to like the people who are 
still talking about like, oh, it's just Frank those chairs are real. I guess like for those people, I mean, let's be real. What else is new? They don't actually watch the shit, so they don't know. But it's misleading though because uh, like they didn't really even they made it sound like Patton Oswalt had to defend wrestling. They were having a discussion that was what we call civil discourse yeah. in our society. The two of them were having an exchange of information and opinions. And Rogan, it's not like Rogan was bashing wrestling or anything. And uh, yeah. Pat and Oswald just simply contributed to that perspective, if anything. That's Maybe adjusted how, it slightly by instead of saying fake, you just scripted. Right. So. right. So it was an adjustment of terminology there. And people were acting like there was this strange exchange, like like Rogan was this villain and Oswald was this hero. When that's how... I, people are so lost in this new world of social media and the way we communicate with each other that they can't even identify regular civil discourse anymore without it looking weird to them. My second Logan's Run reference ever, but it's like when they all finally made it out of the freaking when they when when they he makes it out of the dome <laughs> and all the people see that you don't have to be blown up when you're in your mid thirties because they, they see like an old man with a beard, and it's like oh, wow age. That's what they're doing. They're like, wow, civil discourse, discussion, objective opinion exchanging. Holy crap. It's just so weird, you know? It's funny that that made news when it was just, it was like something that we would say or something that, it's like a conversation that anyone could have. And it was, and they acted like this thing happened that simply didn't. You see, like, nothing's news anymore. Everyone's reporting on, like, nothing. Just people's behavior has become news. And then the scary part about people's behavior becoming news is that since everyone has a different opinion, everyone's shocked by different shit. So that just makes everything news. <laughs> because what might shock you might not shock me. Everyone has different lifestyles and things. There are things that might offend you that might not offend me. So everyone has news. <laughs> Write it down. Everyone has news. That might be it. That might be it right there. Everyone has news. More than opinions. Now everyone has news. It, it used to be opinions were like assholes. But now news is, is like assholes. Sadly, I can't write that one down. But hey. It's incredible. <laughs> But yeah, it's like every I think time I've we seen, hear some, some, no, something that's reported, there's there's nothing. It's like no, I think about it. I think I've seen little bits and pieces here where it's just like, oh, Rogan called it fake, and I'm like, he didn't say anything but mean. He, he was, was like, completely, but, but but he didn't mean fake like that. Like he he, gave he just didn't think he used the word and everything. And he's he's brought up wrestling on here before. It's like Jesus Christ. Some of y'all need to get some shit to do. Like y'all need to. That's that's how things <laughs> work nowadays, man. That's literally the 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 formula that they use. You know, God Almighty! Yeah, what can you say about that? Like with all the things going on, like that was the news. Like, hey, and you know, Pan Oswald had to defend him. Well, you know, he just slightly adjusted, and the thing is, right after he said scripted, you know, Rogan just went with it. It was just like, oh, okay, that makes some more sense. Like, <laughs> it, it was like, you know, I think what's so shocking is they never seen somebody just instantly adjust their opinion without a forty-five minute argument. Yeah, that has to be what it was. Because it was like, it's, it's just it, 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 it's possible just a switch like <laughs> yeah insane man what are we dealing with here you know everyone's uh, <sighs> everyone has to defend themselves for saying anything anything at all how know? dare you say anything what do you mean anything yeah, what do you mean by that I meant what I said you, you have a dictionary you know <laughs> open your ears there scooter right yeah it's uh it's depressing because as I look through our our uh, program. What isn't um, what isn't morbid? You know, I I got one. I got one. So we were talking about Undertaker. Did you see this Undertaker outtake? Oh, the what? Yes, yeah, they yeah. played they it know. on the last ride. Did they? Okay. I laughed my ass off. This is great. We have three words for you. Go. 
yourself. <laughs> it's pretty good. I got that. I saw that part. I had to rewind. It was so funny. My favorite part is came with the half-ass sucking. Yo, damn the PG. I would have played that during the Pro Bowl. Oh, my God. That is great. We need the drop on the ticker to say, go fuck yourself. Oh my god! See what I'm saying? Like, you get the fun. You get the fun. Mark Calloway in the documentary. That is good. That is too good. <laughs> Can we run that again? Because it's so fast. I'm gonna say play it again. <laughs> we have three words for you. Go <laughs> yourself. King <laughs> <laughs> Crotch Chops. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh, these trying times, you ever need something to make you laugh? Just, just listen to Taker tell Diaz to go fuck themselves and they can't get my cross chop. <laughs> oh, that is ridiculous. That's fucking magical. <laughs> that was great. <sighs> see, more of a human side of him. That's what's been missing this entire time. Yeah. All right. Well, what do we have that's not morbid here? Not Gosh. much. Yeah, this this is this is gonna be a sad one, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's not gonna be sad. Oh well, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be sad. Yeah, <laughs> don't you lie to me? <laughs> I can't just bullshit right now, right? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Let's start with uh the Owen Hart uh Dark Side of the Ring. Did you see it? Oh yes, I saw it. Uh what are your thoughts having seen it? You definitely when it comes to certain things, very eye opening. I mean, there's a, a majority of the stuff we kind of knew going into it, but to hear more detail, it shows how crazy things were, especially that night. But um, just uh, it, it was if, if there was ever a reason to watch Dark Side of the Ring, this episode was the one because holy crap, this was nuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it. I definitely had a bad feeling watching it as somebody that watched that pay-per-view live because i've always told you guys on that that was a pay-per-view that we ordered and watched live so it unfolded before my very eyes before it became history and uh i i just didn't like it you know like i got it it was informative but it definitely wasn't the greatest feeling watching it like i didn't expect it like like, i'm not normally phased by the things that they do on there i've heard people complain before uh, but at the same time, this one wasn't one, but this one kind of bothered me. I guess just because it was a pay-per-view I watched and I remember the pay-per-view kind of sucking. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, but there so were so many things in this I didn't even realize. Yeah. Like just hearing some of the stuff that came out about it, like it was, like what? Like, I mean, I mean, we always hear, you've seen the footage probably a thousand times when JR gave uh, the announcement that Owen died. The fact that JR had 10 seconds to process the fact that he watched a man die and then have to come up with what he was going to say. We ke- Kevin Dunn in his ear, you know, saying, um, because Kevin Dunn thought that he had his, uh, I'm not even, I guess to somewhat in his defense, whether you like Kevin Dunn or not, he was not informed. It was chaos. Somebody just fell yeah. out of the sky. Yeah. Somebody fell you 80 I mean? feet. Like he, Kevin thought JR knew. He was not informed. Like, so, sometimes you'll say, sometimes you'll say something to somebody thinking they already knew it. Yeah. He was not informed that JR didn't know. So no matter what at that point, JR is going back on the air in three, two, one. He's just telling him, you know what I mean? Don't shoot the messenger there. There's nothing that Kevin Dunn can do to stop the USA or not even the USA because of the pay-per-view, but to stop the pay-per-view feed at that point. 
You know what I mean? Like they were going to different, if you remember, they replayed video packages. Um, they were, they were doing shots of just the crowd. And as somebody that was there and they don't talk about this too much. Um, not that someone was there, but someone who watched the pay-per-view live, they don't talk about this too much. But they didn't even, unfortunately, have the option of leaving the cameras just set on the crowd. And the reason why is that for anyone who was looking carefully enough, when they had the cameras set to the crowd, there were people in the crowd doing like death gestures, almost like, like, you know, when you do like the across your throat, indicating somebody's dead. There were people in the crowd behind JR uh, and King. That were doing that. They were like, whoa, like you could see, you could see the reaction in the people, whether deliberately like the douche that was doing that or the people, it was like the crowd shots were almost made it worse. So there were very few places they could go except back there, you know, and it still sucks. I get it. The whole thing sucks. I'm not justifying. I'm just saying that the way the block soul came tumbling down is a result of a lot of shit going wrong. Not just one or two things. It's a result of a lot of stuff going wrong. Everyone takes oh. a lot of blame. There was a lot of irresponsibility there. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, definitely. There was a lot of foolishness I mean, there. There's no denying this, you know? No way. There's no way to deny it. But, uh, you know, it goes across the board as far as how that is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to see Jim Cornette tear up was, I, I didn't, it was something I'd never seen before. Cause he talked about, uh, when Owen fell, who was on the referee? What was it? Jimmy Corderas, was it? Yes. And he mentioned that um, literally Owen's last words were, look out. And he mentioned that Cornette immediately started tearing out. He was like basically saying Owen knew he was dead, knew like there's no way he's coming out of this alive, but still was thinking of other people. Yeah. Was mm-hmm. still thinking, I'm not taking anybody with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, it's yeah. unreal. It was chilling. That was probably one of the most chilling parts of the whole thing for me. Yeah. Well, he definitely didn't want to do that. Oh, no. Not at all. And, yeah, Martha talks. You guys should watch it. I'm not going to cover the whole damn thing on here, but she talks about things that happened. We talked a little last week about how she talked about how WWE was suing her. And uh, when you want to hear that side of it, I highly recommend that you go and you watch it because she does really speak about why he's not in the Hall of Fame, about why she's taking this route, and about the legal battle and stuff. Yeah. That being said, there's two sides to that story. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the side that they don't talk about because uh, Martha did a bunch of podcasts since then. You know, she's gotten her word out. And uh, WWE's attorney, Jerry McDevitt, um, sent a response to CBS. And he said, the reality is we've never told our side of the story of what happened, at least outside of court. We told it in court. But when she talks about the way the lawsuit unfolded over the years, it really isn't accurate what she's saying. What she did whenever this happened is she hired a lawyer in Kansas City who we caught essentially trying to fix the the judicial selection process to get a judge that was more to their liking. We caught them and went all the way to the Missouri Supreme Court. The Missouri Supreme Court said, no, 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 we're not going to let that happen. They essentially appointed an independent judge to come from outside of Kansas City to oversee the proceedings. We were basically trying to find out what happened that night. Martha was not even remotely interested in finding out what happened that night. She just wanted it used as a vehicle to beat up a business that she didn't like that her husband was in, the wrestling business. 
her and her lawyers in reality had tried to get the members of the Hart family, Owen's brothers and sisters, to sign a document in which they would agree to support Martha and her case, and they would not talk to WWE. In exchange for that, they were all promised a share of any verdict or settlement, which is highly illegal, completely improper, and you can get in big trouble for that. What happened was some of the members of the Hart family were offended by this because they realized this was wrong. They knew this was wrong, and they faxed me those documents, which I fell out of a chair when I read them. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is completely illegal. You can't do this stuff. All of that was was then brought to the attention of the judge in Kansas City. So again, there are always two sides, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's something that can be researched, and it can be confirmed if there's documentation. So it would be strange for a judge working for a big, I mean, a, a lawyer working for a big corporation like wwe to be that detailed in his statement to cbs unless he was 100 percent certain that what he's saying is accurate because there's exactly. no way in how a company like wwe would not punish him as the lawyer or, or let him go and stop using him if he were to make a statement like that and it'd be bullshit completely across the board you see what i'm saying here so yeah there was some stuff there, and whether or not she was interested, because his whole argument here is that it seemed more like she was interested in hurting that company. Well, she was a widow, thanks to them. I'm not saying that it's correct. Playing devil's advocate under the assumption that what he's saying is true, it doesn't change too much about the story that was told by the dark side of the ring. It just makes her an angry widow, which by all intents and purposes, she had every right to be at the time. Even yeah. if it's not morally correct, it's a very human response. If what he's saying is that at the time she didn't seem interested in finding out whose fault it was or how he died, she seemed more interested in hurting the company that killed him. Yeah, that's actually very believable. And that's fine. Now, as far as the underhanded stuff that she was doing, uh, as far as, you know, trying to get people to, we'll give you a cut of the money if you just help us bury this company. I'm paraphrasing what the plan was here. That still goes into the vengeance, the revenge, assuming what he's saying is correct. The revenge of, vengeance a, morning, pretty far. of a morning widow. Because like you did see on that documentary, that clip that he was on, that fast release clip they put him on, that was a bullshit clip. Um, they were very careless. They didn't let him out of his contract. So that's the reason why uh, he was still working for them. Because he would have left when Brett left, had they not. But they didn't want to get rid of another big name. This goes back to them holding on to people. They hold on to people to their detriment. You know what I mean? They hold on to people until they literally hurt relationships, friendships, and everything else. Because when you look at it, What's so different about them now than back then when Brett couldn't get out that of his much. contract without that Montreal screwjob shit happening? When Owen couldn't get out of his contract after someone who was a tag team partner, a stable member, and a sibling of his wants to get out of his? That shit that WWE does where you have people who are married or siblings or whatever and you allow the little technical bullshit difficulties to have one and release the other many times over years has caused them to have shitty outcomes and they're still to this day doing that you know so i mean that to me is it shows that these contracts have always been nonsense because owen wanted out and under the circumstances of what happened an exception should have been made exactly so like that's, that's blood that's, at that point like exactly so yeah let's just say that let's look at the attorney's retort because I, I bet you all thought that this was going to be me defending the side of the wwe attorney haha ha, spoiler alert but yeah you see <laughs> assuming that everything that this dude says is correct about what she did and what she tried to do she's still doing it because they were motherfuckers to begin with 
yeah. because of everything uh, that she went through. If this happened to me, I'd probably try some shit like that. If like I had a loved one that died because of them, yeah, I'd probably try to get all of you. I'd contact all of you guys and and say, you know, I want you guys. Listen, if they give me twenty million dollars for this, I'll cut you in and let's just take them out in court. Those are the conversations yeah. that actually always happen. I'm sure. You just don't want to get caught having them. You think that she's the only person who's been in a legal battle with a big company that could tear her to shreds and make her go through all of her money and resources while being a widow that probably did some desperate shit to get out of it? So, no, no. I'm not looking at this. This is more a judgment call on her character, and it changes nothing about what she says. The reality, because he opens with the reality is we never told our story of what happened. And at the end of your statement, you still fucking haven't told your side of what happens because all you're bringing up is other things that happen, not the things that the documentary is about. Sure, the lawsuit part happened, but you didn't really tell your side of all of the other stuff. Yeah. It like sounds one thing to me more like his mentioned. side of the story was just let me tell you something bad about her. Yeah. There's pages and pages of documentation that went into this. And the only fucking thing your statement has in it is the one bad thing that you can probably prove that she did, which I would imagine her not being a lawyer herself at the time probably didn't realize that it was illegal. That's why there's documentation. She's not stupid enough to have documentation of something that's illegal. She just probably thought it was. I bet a lot of you listening to this now didn't realize that you're not allowed to go to your family members and be like, hey, come to court with me and do this and I'll give you half the money. You would think you could. They're family members, but it's illegal. So the point being that even if she did stuff out of vengeance, we don't know if it was deliberate, but none of it changed the things that happened to him and uh, the pain it caused the family in this documentary. And if she tried to do yeah. something, take a few shortcuts to try to end a big company quickly as far as an illegal battle. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, still don't have any change. different judgment on her. Owen Hart is still dead. Either way, whether she decided she was going to try to get the the other hearts to be in on a lawsuit and fuck up WWE in court or whether she decided she was just going to humbly just go sit in a rocking chair and knit. Either outcome, Owen Hart's still dead. And in my opinion, I give her credit for taking the other route, whether she fought dirty or not, whether she picked the fucking sand from the ground and threw it in their eyes or whatever. That's the way it is. It's combat, you know, yeah. and it's a legal battle. And don't get caught fucking up there. And I'm not encouraging dishonesty here, but I'm looking at a desperate widow who just lost her husband to a company that she's now in a court battle with doing whatever the fuck she can. I'm not going to discredit that just because the lawyer's trying to paint her in a derogatory way here. Exactly. I mean, she Shane mentioned uh, in the chat room just a second ago, you talk about one of the things that Martha revealed is she still has the clip that was supposed to hold Owen up in the air and she described what this thing is. This thing is basically what you see on like a ship that's designed to carry the mast. And the release on this thing, literally six pounds of pressure. And and this is Owen Hart, who's like, what, 220, 230, 240? This is a big boy. And, and they go from what their original setup was to now this little six-pound release clip just because they wanted to save two seconds. Yeah, like at that point, like you want to save two seconds. That really doesn't change the fact. It's like, what? Why? Why was that two seconds so important? Because what in that two seconds that you needed that just get in the house? They wanted to make it look good for TV. They didn't want it to look like Sting, where he comes down and he has to unbuckle like a whole bunch of different things. And then even to reveal that that was just to make fun of Sting. Like really, instead of it, it seems like like you said, some things change, some things stay the same. They're still making fun of shit for no reason. Instead of actually trying to fix their fucking product. Yeah, like that pay-per-view, especially during that time, didn't need Owen Hart flying out of the sky. You know, there was a lot of other stuff going on. You, I mean, 
aren't you satisfied at the fact that you're in the the you're basically in the heart of the attitude era if you think about when it happened 99 so that means you're champion i don't remember i think it was either at the time i believe it might have been austin and if it wasn't might have been rock and if it wasn't mm-hmm. might have been undertaker and if it wasn't might have been triple h yeah, and certainly. so on and so forth probably Shawn michaels fucking things to do and to have this own heart storyline at that point. You see what I mean about them? It's the same shitty formula. It wasn't even for like a big storyline. At least when Shawn it Michaels was, did his little dive, uh, what was it, WrestleMania 13 or 12? One where he did his dive and he came flying down. He's he's the top yeah. guy that he's the champion. And it looked like it was a safer thing, that contraption that he came down. Actually, with. no, yeah, that was that was that was even the case. He was a challenger. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I remember yeah, that. But, was, but, you know but, what? But, that was another stage, moment that I saw live, and I remember, um, and and I remember seeing that live. And uh, I get it when you when when you see something like that, it's cool because then when you go back and see it in your memory, it's it's now legendary. Like I remember not knowing what the hell was going on. Like why why are they looking up? What's happening? And then Shawn Michaels comes. I've never seen anything like that in my life when it happened. When he came flying all the way down, I was like, that was one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. So I get wanting to go for those moments, but that's not what they were even going for. It was a mid card nope. angle, not a main event. It wasn't like a big spectacle. It was, it was over the edge. It wasn't even like a big, I believe Michaels was yeah. one of the big four when that happened, you know, probably mania. That being said, it was, it was, uh, this was just a wasted filler match to put that much effort into. And just so they could take a dig at the other side that nobody gave a shit about. That's speculation, and to me, it could be possible. I don't see a lot of similarities between the Sting thing and the Blue Blazer thing. The Blue Blazer thing was going there in was a different none. direction already because uh they had the step storyline at the time was that there were two Blue Blazers like that. There were times where like it started with everyone saying, and I guess that's important because if you're watching the documentary, they're leaving stuff like that out because you would wonder how would he have a secret identity if he was the Blue Blazer early in his career. That was the thing when he first had that identity. People were like, "We all know that it's actually you," and uh. There were times that it wasn't him, which was what the gimmick was. There were times that he would be in the ring and the blue blazer would come out and help him. There was times, there was one time, and this is how over the top they were. There was one time that he was in trouble and the blue blazer came out to help him and it was clearly a black guy under it. And it was still, you know what I mean? Like they were just, they were just trolling the whole, the whole angle. And, uh, if you ask me, I think the storyline would have been that the second blue blazer was Jeff Jarrett because remember him, Jeff Jarrett and, and Owen were Canadian country at the time with Deborah as the manager. Yeah. And they were originally going to pitch an angle where they were going to feud and he was going to have his crush on Deborah and all this other stuff. And uh, he didn't want to do that because of the fact that's that's the reason which they didn't go into about why he didn't want to do that storyline that was offered to him before the Blue Blazer stuff. So uh, it's messed up. It's a it's a very crazy situation. This entire thing, the way that it went down and everything involved in yeah. it. And it was sad the way that it went. And uh, it wasn't worth it. I mean, to have him fall out of the sky for this stupid thing. And somebody... Uh, should have objectively said something and no disrespect to him at all rest his soul and everything but i would even say, venture to say that owen should have said something because i get it he's a working man he's doing everything for his company i couldn't fucking possibly see me up there it doesn't matter what they said it literally wouldn't matter what they said with that clip and with that setup I don't care if they got Tom Cruise to come up and Sean Connery and Oprah, you know what I mean? And just everyone, every credible person, I wouldn't give a fuck if the president was there and this was for my country. I wouldn't give a fuck if it was to defuse a bomb and save children. There's no way I'm going down there on that clip because I can see that it can't hold. It's not even that I don't want to save children. It's because I can 100% see 
no matter who says what to me, that I'm not going to make it out of that if that clip is the only thing holding me. So I, I, I agree. Somebody should have said something to Owen and no one did. But at that point, Owen should have said something to Owen. He should have not gone for that shit. There are people right now that are saying that the wrestlers should be accountable and stay home during the pandemic and just stand up to the company and say, no, I don't want to go in and discrediting these wrestlers, assuming, assuming, because you don't know if they want to be there. You're assuming that they're scared and that that's why they're still working because they're scared for their spots, which might be the case for some, which might not be the case for others. But nonetheless, wrestlers that have worked through this pandemic are being discredited as cowards for not standing up to creative and saying, I will not do this. But a guy flying out of the fucking sky and no one has ever said, hey, how Owen should have said, I'm not doing this shit, which is way more detrimental and immediate of a danger than a pandemic. And I'm not judging Owen here. God forbid. I'm just saying that uh, people never look at the double standards that they instill into things. Well, there's just just as much if you agree that uh these wrestlers during a pandemic the ones that are scared should have stood up and just said no i won't do this then you have to kind of agree that owen as sad as his situation is he's also once he saw that clip no matter who reassured him he needed to to say no he's not doing this angle i've seen shit go wrong live before i'll give you an example during survivor series with my brother none of that shit was planned you reassured him and now exactly. here I am in the sky with and a cape and a clip me? and you're reassuring me. I think I'm going to just step <laughs> down from you. That's what should have happened. So anyway, that's my perspective on the entire thing. And I still hold them more responsible than I hold him. But I'm saying the final line of defense for anything in your life is always yourself. Never forget that, people. We're going to have to talk more about that as we get into stuff that's happened over this week. But the final line of defense is always you. No matter who says what, you are always your final line of defense. You always have the final choice of going up there or going out there or staying in there or whatever the hell you decide to do. And don't let anyone take that away from you. Own it. Because when it turns out like shit, they're going to make you own it anyway. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a sad situation. Like Shane said in time, it's a sad situation on both sides. But I just had to go into that perspective a little bit where they need to really... uh Sometimes you just got to say no to when people want shit, man. You know what I mean? You got to say no to your boss, even if it's Vince McMahon. You got to say no. Sometimes in life, people are going to want you to do things and go places that you that aren't necessarily the correct choices for you. And at that point, you just have to say no. It's that simple. If you feel like it's going to affect your health, I'm not talking about if somebody's inviting you over to play split screen Halo. I'm saying if something makes you question it, question your safety all the time, take care of yourself. That's what this whole thing's been about, right? Taking care of yourselves. Be safe. Be safe, right? There's all this shit that everyone's saying. It's weird. It's like everyone loves these fortune cookie catchphrases, but then they never use the philosophy and apply it into into the actual values of things. It's weird, man. Weird world. Very weird. This is so not a wrestling podcast because of the way wrestling news is nowadays, right? Damn. Right. I just want to talk about some wrestling. What happens in some good old days? Incredible. Uh... Well, we're already talking about accountability and things like that. We're going to go into uh, the unfortunate situation that happened over this past weekend with uh, Anna Kimura from Stardom. I'm sure you already know exactly about it. You probably heard about it. To be honest with you, I stayed away from most of it until today. 
Let me bring up on yeah, the screen here. I definitely attempted to keep my distance from it. <laughs> 22 years old. She committed suicide. I'm not going to mince words here. You've already all heard the story. Um, they said she started in 2005, but she really started to break out in 2016. She was in a women's tag match during the opening of Wrestle Kingdom 14. Uh, and a lot of this has been attributed to cyberbullying. She posted photos, I'm assuming from what I've heard here, where she was cutting up her arms. And she's basically said uh, in her text, nearly 100 opinions every day. I couldn't deny that I was hurt. I'm dead. Thank you for giving me a mother. It was a life I wanted to be loved. Thank you to everyone who supported me. I love it. I'm weak. I'm sorry. I don't want to be alive anymore. It was a life I wanted to be loved. Thank you, everyone. I love you. Bye. So uh, this is basically what went down. She was getting bullied. I don't know the details of the bullying. Apparently, even when people tried to retweet it, whatever it was, the accounts of the said bulliers had already been either suspended or deleted. It looked like they might have deleted themselves. I'm not sure. So uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happened to cause this. I'm going to we're going to go into what caused this first. but I'm going to go a little bit more into the details of what was happening here. Asuka, if you looked on her Twitter, because this was someone that she knew, she had a couple of tweets that were in kanji. Japanese kanji, obviously, there's no other kind of kanji, right? And uh, they were about they were about her. And she basically said, I don't know where to put this sad feeling. And I can't find the words to say. I remember when Hannah was still a little girl. She always came to the venue with her grandmother. I got a lot of emails every day for several years before I moved to the U.S. telling me not to die. Break female wrestling. Leave this industry. And today I was wondering if you couldn't make a comment even though other other players are making comments. I'm too keen on my sense of justice and I don't realize that I'm the same. This is scary. A rough translation there, but you get what Asuka's saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. So she uh apparently... Give me a minute here. I'm just trying to get all of the information together. Oh, yeah. This one's going to be a rough one, kids. Yeah. No, no. Like I said, it's just a lot of stuff has happened here, huh? So apparently Kyrie Sane was trying to save her. Um, She basically said that when she sent out that goodbye tweet, this was uh, in the middle of the night in Japan, but not here. Kyrie Sane got it, and she called, uh, she called Jungle Kiona. And told her about it, causing this jungle Kiona person to go to check on her, to check on Hannah Kimura. By the time she uh, got there, though, she was already dead. Uh, cause of death, according to Meltzer, um, it was ingestion of hydrogen sulfide. Um, her mother requested that they don't release any further information. So all I can do is break down hydrogen sulfide. And it's not really that complicated. That sounds, uh, I mean, it's gas. It's gas. Yeah, pretty it's the much. It's kind of gas that you smell when they tell you get out of the house if it smells like eggs. Like, so yeah. I, you can speculate if it was, there was a stove there and it was turned on or, or a car engine or I don't know. But the point being that that's, that's the way that it went. So although she placed, she put, uh, images up of her hurting herself, it really didn't have anything to do with that. You know, I guess she was just self harming. Now, one of the reasons why she was being cyberbullied is because there is this TV show. I guess it's a reality TV show. 
which I don't know how that genre still exists, to be honest with you. I've never watched it, and I never will, aside from the ones that are on WWE, like uh, Legends House, and I hated it. I'm just not a reality TV person. But nonetheless, this thing called Terrace House, it's a Netflix series. And in that series, there was a situation that happened where somebody accidentally uh, washed her wrestling gear and shrunk it. So I'll paint the scenario because we're going to watch a clip of this. I managed to find a clip. But uh, she's living in a house. You know how these reality shows go. And I guess some guy who lives in the house with her, he was going to do his laundry. So he just went to the machine, opened it up, tossed his stuff in there. Her stuff was still in there from a previous wash. He washed his stuff. Whatever settings were, were for her, for his stuff, shrunk her stuff. And, uh, this is what led to her being cyberbullied. I guess her behavior. I watched a good amount of it. She kind of cuts a promo on this dude. Like she kind of buries the guy. She's pissed off again, his emotions, but she kind of buried the dude. I'm going to, I'm going to, it's subtitled though. There's a Japanese reality show. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to throw it on the screen and I guess I'll try to read the subtitles for you guys on uh, iTunes and everything. By the way, iHeartRadio guys, we're also on iHeartRadio. If you use that in a little bit of a segue there. So let's look at this here. So Kai, when you were doing, I'm going to have to bring this back for a minute. They're fast, fast subtitles here. Sorry guys. So Kai, when you did laundry, this her speaking. Weren't there clothes already in there? It's Kai with a stupid look on his face. He's like, oh. She cracks her neck like Majin Buu does. And she's ready for that promo. He said, so what did he say there? Let me see that. He said, uh, I put my clothes in without checking the washer. I put my clothes in without checking the washer first. You washed her clothes. This morning when I went to do my laundry, there's another girl told me, I started folding the previous load and men and women's clothes were mixed in. It seemed like Hannah's stuff was in there. And he's like, for real? I'm sorry about that. It was all mixed together. Your costumes were in that pile? Another girl asked. Are they okay? And she says they shrank. For real? They faded too. Is it really that bad? They're ruined. Ruined? Oh no. There's everyone talking to people. They cost around a grand, don't they? More than that. Right. Oh no. What will you do? The girl asked. I'll head home tomorrow to pick up my older costumes. I'll wear those to my matches this weekend. There's no way you can wear them? I can put them on if I force it, I see. It's as if the suits that you wear to work were to become this much shorter. She put like a gesture. Yeah, that's brutal. I could put it on, but you'd look rugged. The guy finishes the sense line. He, he kind of nudges him. Stop making jokes then, guys. Sorry, honestly, is this funny to you? That's really rough. And the guy's just the guy's just sitting there, the one that fucked up. A grand... Really it's not about the money, there's her talking. It's as important as my own life. I performed at the Tokyo Dome, which I never thought I'd get to do. And fought for title match in those outfits. Let's all pull together our funds and replace them. And he says sorry again. He just looks guilty and says sorry. She looks really pissed. 
Hey, you know, I noticed there's a rough situation, a really tough situation. But what can we do? I understand that more than anyone else. Of course, that's not the issue right now. She's starting to get a little hot there. But look at it this way, is what the girl's telling her. Think about it this way. This is an opportunity for you, Hannah, to get an even better costume and pursue even better opportunities in your career. I understand, Vivi, that you're saying these things with my feelings in mind. I appreciate your concern, but I don't think you're the person I need to be talking to right now. And she, the other girl says, I get it. And the guy's just sitting there with a shock look. Who do you want to talk to? I mean, I don't want to talk. You don't? I see no value in talking to them. And he says, I'm really sorry. The two of you wouldn't do this. What do you mean? He's talking to two other guys. You don't go to wash clothes and mindlessly toss in your laundry before checking if there's anything in the washer. You understand that you're living with women. No, I haven't done that. I don't think it's about who's right or wrong, is the other girl interjecting. I'm sure you have moments where there's a lot on your mind. And you might not check. You're trying to explain to her to diffuse the things. Inside the drum first. We're all human. So this girl's trying to explain how the mistakes happen. And not just laundry. There's the other girl mediating this. Of course. And she just cuts off. I'm not interested in what you have to say right now. And she says, the other girl's still interjecting. But that happens to you too, right? Mistakes, in other words, she's saying mistakes happen to you too, right? Like everyone makes mistakes at the end. She has a pause. Here. I understand, it's rough. And then he, she snaps at him. Why don't you say something? Why haven't you said a word? This is all your fault. And he's just sitting there, shock Why are you sitting there silently? You're the cause of this problem. Why are you letting her talk for you? Say something. And he's like, I'm not sure what to say. I have nothing to say, but I'm sorry. Wow, she's hot. Vivi, I don't need you to understand how I'm feeling, she says to the other girl. She's like, no, it's just I don't need your sympathy. Think about other people for a change if you're going to live here is all. I can't stand it anymore. On top of everything that happened in Kyoto, you only think of yourself and everything you do. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Why do we have to cry? What have we done wrong? I'm still going off. This is your fault. And he says, yeah. Say something. I'm, I'm so sorry. That's all I can say. You just spend your days doing whatever it is you please. You have no idea what hard work is. What it means to endure pain, breaking bones and shedding blood. What it means to earn your living. You couldn't understand what, what that might feel like. You say you do stand-up because you want to make people happy. But you can't even bring happiness to the people closest to you. How do you expect to bring laughter to hundreds of thousands of people? You don't have what it takes. Who do you think you are? You have no respect for anyone. I've been thinking that ever since our talk in Kyoto. I've had these thoughts for a while. These are things you should notice and want to make efforts to change. Whatever the case didn't get in the way of my work, why do I deserve to be derailed by you when I work so hard? Don't you think about anything? Don't you think this is the result of always living your life only for yourself? 
Like I said, why aren't you saying anything? And she's getting up. Don't you have anything to say? And he's just like, I'm really sorry. I can't believe you. That is an awkward kitchen to be in right now. The other girl said, I'm heading upstairs for a bit. Look, she even made her cry. She got, she got, uh, she got a recall cry. Residual damage. Jesus. Yeah, look at that. That was some boss shit right there. I would have played the boss music. And then she comes and takes his hat. She's like, don't wear this dumb hat. And she takes his hat and throws it off of his head and storms off. Damn. Fuck. They look. Everyone looks very uncomfortable. Right. Whew. This is gonna be a rough one. Oh yeah. What are your thoughts, everyone? Chat room, everyone. If you're a listener, you can tweet, tag us in the tweets. What are your thoughts? I'm genuinely curious here because I haven't had time to process yet what your uh, thoughts would be in regards to this guy. Hannah, this reality show, this reaction, which I'm guessing, based on what we're now dealing with, there were a lot of people in the world that interpreted this as a heel turn from her, if you will. And uh, they attacked her. Mark saying people yeah. soft, people soft. When you say people are soft, you're saying that the people that uh, got offended by the way she treated this guy are soft? I think that's probably what it means. What do you like it, but... What's your thoughts on this video, Dustin? So the thing about it, and I think you can tell she's the only wrestler in that house. What, what I've noticed, especially in a lot of cases from friends who I have who are on the indie, some just doing their own thing. When you go through like a milestone, like an example, she mentioned the Tokyo Dome and championship matches. You have an attachment to the gear you wore that night. So if anything happens to it, it hits you in a way that people who aren't in the business or don't understand how the business works, they can't understand. So I can see her reaction of the fact that this gear was in a sense ruined and it meant a lot to her. And at the same time as well, I get, he didn't know quite what to say, but it's like, you gotta do more than I'm sorry, because it's clear that's not enough for her right now. Like, Say something like, I'm sorry, I should have looked. I'm sorry, I'll play just some, just literally as much as you possibly can, but at least try to convey it in a way where, some way where it's going to at least probably maybe put some kind of ease on it. Because at, for most of it, it was just maybe, I'm sorry, and then staring for like two minutes, then I'm so sorry, then staring. Like, I think in the state of mind she was, um, she was at, it just came out as, like trying to like make the situation a little bit better but not really give it to shit so i can kind of understand why she had the reaction and then you could tell from like the, some of the other girls who were talking like i don't think they she was the only one who truly understood why she was upset like, i mean at the end of the day if you have something that has a sentimental value to it and it gets ruined you're gonna be pissed and realistically, you can't really give somebody shit because they're pissed because it's something that had a very it's something that they're very attached to. It's something that in her case, it represented a big milestone here because everybody, if you know Japanese wrestling, you know, Tokyo Dome is the massive square garden. You make it to the Tokyo Dome. You made it. So I can definitely understand her being up so upset. I don't think it, it, it warranted cyberbullying, though. Like if somebody fucked up, you give them shit. Like. <laughs> That's just life. Like, hmm. 
And Stacey also makes a good point there. The girls were basically saying a lot of the stuff he should have been saying. It kind it came all even in her to be so pissed off. It makes it even worse because it's like, why is everybody saying things you should be saying considering you were the one who did it? Mm. It's, it's a tough one. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. It's a tough one. Yeah, you know, I don't normally go into thought like this. Yeah. Shane, this is why I love Shane, man. Shane, you were the man. Shane, <laughs> fucking Shane. Man. Shane asked if anyone knows if this guy killed himself after this. Shane, your timing could not have been perfect because I no. need a reason to at least chuckle something like But you know what? There's, there's there's some points in this, my man. And I'm going to come out and say this right now, disclaimer. And there's no, I don't approve of any cyberbullying either way. I don't approve of cyberbullying. We're going to get into what cyberbullying is later on because there's a definition of it, which is being used too loosely. I don't approve of cyberbullying in any capacity. People who are trying to attack other people with just the deliberation of just hurting them. And it's not an argument or discourse. It's like they, they're reaching out to people with the motivation of just spreading negative energy. They're scumbags. You should never do that to anybody. That doesn't mean that people aren't going to do it. You, I've said this on here before, and I'm not going to reiterate this again. You also shouldn't murder each other. You know what but I mean? But it happens. But it happens. So we can't keep living in a world based on what shouldn't happen. We have to live in a world based on what does happen. And the same way you shouldn't get hit by a car, that doesn't mean it sucks that you have to wear a seatbelt, but nonetheless you do. Or you just don't drive if, you, if you're that scared. You know? You got to look at life that way. You don't want to get murdered and it never should happen, but it can. So watch your back. If you're a cop, you don't want to get shot, but wear a bulletproof vest. None of these things should happen. Bad things shouldn't happen. And that's what really fucking pisses me off about today's society. That our defense to every single thing that happens is that it shouldn't. Bad things shouldn't happen. No shit. Bad things shouldn't happen. But since they do, you have to act accordingly. Not everyone has the same advantages as everyone else. If you live in a good neighborhood... You can go outside and worry less about bad shit happening to you. But if you live in a bad neighborhood, you might have to be keep in mind to come home be- before dark. And hell, sometimes even in a good neighborhood because of the perverts, you might have to keep in mind some to come home before dark because something bad might happen. If you're a female, you can choose to have mace or some other defense, have a phone, have somebody escort you home, or you could choose not to. You shouldn't need somebody to escort you home. But as a precautionary measure, you might take that route. You might not go somewhere if it's late, even though you should be allowed to go somewhere when it's late and not have to worry about being murdered or raped. That doesn't mean it's necessarily not going to happen. So you have to make the decision for yourself. Do you want to live based on what you should be able to do or what you're safely able to do? And the problem when it comes to the bullying and the mental health scene is that they, they're, the flag that they're waving is a little bit too much. This should not have happened. That doesn't that doesn't prevent it from happening, though. You know what I mean? That doesn't prevent it from happening. If you are someone, whether you're a streamer, an entertainer, a performer, a wrestler, a sports person, whatever it is, a, a comedian. This guy was striving to be a comedian if you didn't get by her burial of him. If you're striving to be any of these things, you have to factor in the inherent risk. Because everything we decide to do has inherent risks that you have to take with the job. If you were a cop. Getting back to that, there is a risk, you hope not, but there is a risk you could be killed on duty. If you were a firefighter, you might burn in the building that you're in, that you're trying to save. 
You know, if you deal with animals like we've seen recently, you might get bit. You might have your arm taken by an animal. Every decision that you make in your occupation and in your duty, you have consciously decided to take the risk that go with it. I don't work with lions because I'm scared that I'll be eaten. I don't care how many videos I see of people petting lions. Fuck that. I won't be petting lions. I'll pet little cats. Right. Okay. I am very sorry that this happened to this person and she should be able to have live in a world where she's a public person and not face ridicule of the public. Just like I should be able to walk outside at night in a bad neighborhood and not be shot. However, it doesn't change the fact that these inherent risk exists. I digress. She volunteered to be on a reality TV show. Was she not aware of the kind of heat and attention that reality TV show people get on social media? Did she not research it? Did she not think about what happens whenever you put yourself out there? And I've said this before. You should be able to put yourself out there and no one criticize you. But we know that that's not the case. So if you are someone who are scared of animals, don't work at a zoo. If you're someone dealing with mental health, you should be able to put yourself out there. But with the inherent dangers, don't do it. It goes back to what I said earlier in the conversation about the final decision is always yours. The final choice is up to you. No matter what, you are the last line of defense in your life. So you... And Hannah, no disrespect again, because she shouldn't be cyberbully, yeah. but she had to take accountability for the knowledge that she might be if she goes on a reality TV show or becomes a wrestler or anything. She was born. She was 22 years old. She was born into this. It wasn't like people our age where we were here before the Internet. She was born into a world where this was already happening. She shouldn't have been oblivious to it. And again, this is said with the utmost respect. This is not. Yeah, this doesn't come from a place of like, oh, you should have made up. Like, no. You know, if somebody was to be killed in a bad neighborhood for being outside, I'd feel bad. But I'd also be like, what the hell were they doing out there? You should not be out there. Like, yeah, the law of morality, you should be able to go wherever you want and pick fruit off of trees and shit and nothing happen to you anywhere. But we don't live in that world. So unfortunately, and it sucks, we have to think about things that we shouldn't have to because we people designed this world before us. We're not the architectures of our reality right now. Nope. And that, that goes for these kind of jobs. If you decide you're going to be a stand-up comedian, if you decide you're going to be a podcaster, a gamer, a streamer, a wrestler, a public figure, you know the inherent risk of the fact that you're going to face ridicule, you're going to have ups and downs, people are going to shit on you, talk shit about you, you're going to have your supporters too. But at the end of the day, you have to know whether you can take that or not. And if it's not something you can take, if you suffer from problems, mental illness or suicidal thoughts, you have to be objective or your loved ones around you have to be objective enough to see the red flag warnings. If you can't do it, even though you're the last line of defense, your loved ones should say, maybe this life isn't for you. But then what happens with the new world that we live in is that you're looked at as discouraging. You're a discouragement person. You're toxic for telling somebody. If someone would have went up to Hannah and told her, look, I don't think with your mental health, it's a good idea to get into this business. They would have been perceived as toxicity, even though they might genuinely have a perception of her mental health that she doesn't and be concerned about her. Now, that doesn't mean that these bastards who are bullying aren't bullies and what they're doing isn't wrong any more than it means that the murderers who are killing aren't wrong. But you have to be able to protect yourself. You have to avoid this, you know? Yeah. You have to avoid this. And that's really yeah. what gets on my nerves, you know? And uh, I see the chat room, and I've heard this not just from our own chat room, but from a few places. Uh People are calling the Twitter trolls that harassed her for being too sensitive to her words and her react and, 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 uh, you know, they're calling out the Twitter souls for just being too sensitive in general, you know, but when you look at it, words was exchanged on both sides. 
she told the dude who was going to be a stand-up comedian on a on a broadcast television show. She basically buried him. She said that you're a shitty comedian yeah. and that no one's going to laugh at you. You can't even make us laugh here. You're never going to make it. Who the hell do you think right. you are? And that's why I like the Shane asked did that anyone ask that guy if he killed himself because at the end of the day, she she seems well versed in the art of hurting people because certain parts and I get it was coming from a place of anger. I've said on the show before, you can never take people at what they say when they're angry because they're not honest when they're angry. She wanted to say things to hurt him because she was hurt. It is a very human reaction. Human reactions work both ways, though. The same way people watch wrestling and jump into the crowd because they're fools and they think that it's real. You know, the same way people watch Tiger King and they took sides of Carol or whatever the fuck her name is and the and the other guy. Their odds are, and this is just my perception, there are people that watch this reality show and saw that dude get buried like that while apologizing profusely with a stupid look on his face, while she told him that all of his hopes and dreams were shit and that he was a garbage person that doesn't know the first fucking thing about life and he looked stupid in his hat before silencing a room and thought, wow, what a bitch. Now, not everybody agrees with that, but it did happen. Yeah. And if this guy would have killed himself from that, who would we be to say whether or not it was justifiable? Whether those were just, oh, it's just two little words. Because someone can use the flip side, and that's what I mean about the double standard, ladies and gentlemen. Can someone can say the flip side and and look at, I don't know what the tweets were that were said about her that allegedly caused her to this. But someone could look on the flip side and be like, well, what they said to her wasn't that bad for her to react that way. Everyone's perception. It goes back to the reason why everyone shouldn't have news. Because what might be offensive to you might not be offensive to me. We all have our own different perceived reactions to shit. So you can't possibly hold one side accountable and not the other. She was on that show and, and cool ice is saying that she was acting or whatever. I don't know about that. I don't know the show. I don't know the yeah. format of the show, but, but whether or not it was entirely scripted, just like wrestlers would have to know and her being one that when you play a heel, you're going to get a reaction from people who are idiots that are going to behave a certain way. I'm again, and I can't emphasize this enough, not justifying the actions, but to be oblivious to the possibility that this might happen to you. To think that someone's not going to insult you. It's just naive and you shouldn't be in that, you know? And yeah, yeah, I get it that everyone's saying that the stuff that the other girls were saying is what he should have been saying. And that he just stood there saying, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. Uh, that's because he's a dumbass. I've met dumbasses that do that shit before. That just stay there and say that they're sorry. Which just pisses you off more with the stupid look on their face. And they're just sorry while something terrible has happened. I get it. I know where she's coming from. It still just doesn't justify the way she burns him. So I can relate. I can empathize. But I can't justify because I can't justify if I do it. If I get upset at somebody and they all they know, all they can say is I'm sorry. When they should be saying what that other girl was saying, look, I'm sorry, sometimes things get misconstrued, and, or whatever the fuck you can say. The point being that he, he didn't have that in him. Not everyone has that in him. That guy was a victim in that scenario. It doesn't justify her being bullied. But, uh, and I get it as a wrestling fan. Those were clothes that she wrestled with in the Tokyo Dome. They meant a lot to her. They meant a whole lot to her. They had sentimental value. So much sentimental value that they were left in the fucking washing machine instead of tended to. I've never... My lady has never, and no other female I know has ever left clothes in their own washing machines, let alone if you lived with a group of strangers. Again, not justifying, but I'm just saying, I couldn't see myself leaving my most precious outfit in a fucking reality TV show frat house's washing machine. And I don't know if this was scripted or part of a storyline or not. It's almost too stupid to be real. So you might be right. Maybe she was acting. 
And she's not ridiculous enough to leave something that important in a washing machine overnight. Like, what do you do? Put clothes in and go to bed? Because that's also crazy. What if something went wrong with the washing machine? So I don't know how much of this was scripted. The point is that that there was a reality show and people reacted to it. The risk of her being on this reality show and getting negative reactions was always that you sign disclaimers and shit when you're on these shows for a reason. And they do forewarn you about the kind of attention and the things that might happen. And even if they don't, there's been enough reality TV shows in the 22 years that she was around to know whether or not this is a thing for her. And maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't. But the point being, there are two sides to this. I'm not taking either side, but I'm saying if you're going to look at the negative of how can somebody not look in a washing machine before just carelessly tossing their clothes in there, playing devil's advocate, I also don't see how somebody could just carelessly leave their shit in a washing machine. What are you washing clothes at 12 at night, 12 in the morning? Yeah, right. You know, you just go to bed with your clothes in a washer. I could never do that. And like I said, I've never seen, I've never come across a washing machine where someone's clothes have been left in it for a long period of time, especially knowing when they live with other people. So uh, it must not be something that happens very often. So again, just playing devil's advocate. If that guy had a mouth on him, he could have said, I'm sorry, I've never lived in a household where people leave their 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 shit in the washing machine. You left it overnight. You left it so long that uh, I forgot it was there. That, that somebody else, that another girl came, opened that washing machine, took out the clothes that weren't her when she was quote unquote folding them. So we can't even really say that it was like the clothes were left. Assuming this is a real story again, we can't even say that the clothes were left in the washing machine. And first thing in the morning, she was going to go up and get the clothes out of there because someone else beat her to it. Not only did someone else beat her to get in the clothes out of there, there was enough time for somebody else to wake up and wash their clothes on top of it, leave. And then somebody else come and have to take, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of time to leave something that valuable in a washing machine in a house that you live in with a bunch of people. Don't you think? Because if I lived in a house with a bunch of people, I would complain. I would notice because I'm an observant person, but I would have complained about the fact that somebody left their shit in the washing machine before they would have an opportunity to complain about me putting things on top of that. And yes, it does get a mildewy smell if you leave it in there too long, Stasis. That's another thing. It's just strange. Again, this might be a contrived storyline. And the reason I think that is because it's almost too stupid to be real. And people might have been reacting to a contrived storyline. I would like to believe that it was a contrived storyline rather than to believe that there was that, that somebody did something that silly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You could have a long day at work and throw your clothes in the washer. Playing devil's advocate, I wouldn't do it. If you could have a long day where you throw your clothes in and you go straight to sleep, you wake up the next morning, you pull the clothes up, which still isn't good. You'll still have that mildewy smell. But to throw your clothes in there and they're gone for that long, hey, those were precious to me. What the hell were they doing there? Again, devil's yeah. advocate here. The guy got roasted on there. Nothing should have happened to her. She roasted that guy. And again, I'm trying to empathize here and just show you guys the other perspective of what the other people that are watching this reality TV show are feeling emotionally if they took that side, which I'm sure to some people who took the side like our community didn't know. She's a person that, she, that it was a Tokyo Dome. Of course, we're wrestling fans. We're, our natural instinct, which I'm trying to go against here, will be to defend someone who lost a Tokyo Dome outfit. Of course, that stupid asshole who was just sitting there with a dumb look in his face that has no idea how important the Tokyo Dome is. He probably doesn't know what that means or the importance of this. I can easily be on you guys' side. I'm just saying you got to look at things objectively from both sides, and that is the flip side of things, guys. You know what I mean? That's what we do on here. We give you both sides. You know, that uh, that is the flip side of things there, where it's like, I can see, even though I probably wouldn't have acted that way, if this didn't end in tragedy, I probably would have laughed at the way she treated him. I would have been like, yo, look at how she buries this guy. Look at this wrestler. Good promo, whatever. Unfortunately, um, it led to this. But that being said, um, you, you got to look at it that way. Ronda Rousey sent out a message. I have it here in front of me. 
obviously she she's um her father committed suicide she is something that's a sensitive topic for her she basically apologized to the family for the loss and said there's no words to heal the wound um rest in peace Kamur, and that if anyone's suffering there are resources to help and to call this 800 number and to text this number for crisis counselors and so on so and she talked about how cyberbullying is a very real threat to all of society and the scum and that succumbing isn't weakness it's human that we have evolved to feel as if our lives depend on social acceptance because the majority of human history our survival has depended on our social groups and standing within them so she knows the trolls that spend their days harassing others online are battling their own mental demons the police find a way to release your venom in a way that won't poison others and even a straw's weight can break a camel's back just the tiniest push could be what sends someone over the edge be the kindness you wish you received instead of the malice and neglect you're trying to pay for. Don't pass it on. Protect the world from what you've had to endure instead of, instead of spreading. That's a positive message from Rhonda. And I, and I get what she's saying, but it doesn't change the fact that everyone's not going to listen to her. So it still has self accountability where people on the other side that can't handle this can't be in these businesses of entertainment. You know, that's, Pretty much. that's just the way that it is, guys. That's just the way that not, it is. Not everybody built for these things. Now, as far as Sonny's response, you see what I mean, Kula? Did you see Sonny's response to this? <sighs> Sonny's response. Let's see what happened here. I'm going to point out every time I disagree with something that she says and every time I agree. And we know we cut Sonny no slack on here for all of her bullshit DUIs and nonsense and horrible <laughs> Exactly. Bullied and, she put, bullied and hated on by more assholes than anyone. She says, here it is. For the record, I've probably been bullied and hated on more assholes than anyone in my business on social media. I've been called some of the most horrific names and words out there. Not once did I ever think of killing myself over it. I agree. I would never give them that much power. What do I do instead? I thrive and make even more money and make them eat their words. Haters give me power. I agree. Okay, so that must not be the terrible thing she said. Let's see if we could keep going. Find the terrible thing Sonny said. Terrible thing Sonny said. Terrible thing Sonny said. Um, oh, and I must have been it because then after that, apparently, it's being reported that some people started trolling her. <laughs> so, first of all, what was it that she said that was so wrong? So, this goes back to what I was saying because... originally because there are people, sorry to cut you off, but there are people who uh, are cut out for this, like Sonny was, who took the who took the stuff, who took the criticism and just rolls with it. And then there are people who are not cut off for this. Go back to the original accountability. Now, what were you going to say? So, yeah, because I've, I've seen, I didn't look directly into it because, of course, I wanted to wait till the show. But I've just seen the headlines always like Sonny basically called her weak. And it's like. That's not calling her weak. Didn't sound anywhere near that brutal. You can't hear the headline. You got to actually like, see the story. So then they, they get. That's, they, yeah, of course, that's everyone, why I waited until Monday because I was like, let me see how this really yeah, is. That's, like, why, that's the reason why it takes me so long to put this show together because, yeah, you could scroll past. I don't scroll on social media. <sighs> the, the thing that you're looking at on that front screen is bullshit. It's very seldom when you go into it is that what it is. So that's what she said. She said that I've never, and she'd been harassed and bullied, and that, and she, that means she's somebody who, no, there's more. No, we're going to continue because then they lashed out on her. You can't after that. She lashed out. You know, they lashed out at her and she said, you know what? All you assholes who want to read gossip websites and believe the truth, go fuck yourselves and block yourselves. I made one statement about how I don't let cyberbullying get to me. And y'all twisted like I put the, the razor blade to her wrist. Come the fuck on already. Get a life, people. I will never stop spreading my mind and the truth. Truth hurts, snowflakes. Dude, I don't, I don't disagree. 
I don't disagree. Like she should. It, yeah. It's a very crude way to put it that she didn't put the razor blade. That's very vulgar, and she probably could have done without yeah. that comment. But you know what? She should be sick of the assholes who are reading gossip sites, and they basically she makes a statement. She didn't say anything about her. She just said she never had that feeling, and I guess that's a she's she's sort of alluding to the fact that uh people there are people that have to already have pre-existing problems to get to that point. It's not just the cyberbullying that pushes them there. Odds are there are already things that are wrong. It still doesn't justify it, but you got to look at that because there are people who would do this that uh that it wouldn't affect that way. Then she went on yeah. to say, Sonny goes on to say, ice cold fact, they diss you when you're struggling, don't believe in you when you're hustling, and hate you when you make it. I can't disagree with these things. You know what I mean? This is one woman's experience. She hasn't said anything disrespectful enough that everybody's like, did you see The what only said? thing Sonny did was just a comment about the razor blade. Only thing she could have done. That was a little. Back that, it down that a little done without it. But even that, she didn't say anything negative toward Hannah, and everyone is acting like, you know what I mean? You, you, they're judging people weird nowadays because some of y'all motherfuckers need to find is, something to do. Because people are having the reaction towards Sunny that they're condemning other people for having the reaction towards Hannah. Oh my god! But then they did it to Sunny, so it was almost like. Just because it's Sonny doesn't make it right. You know, she spread an opinion. She shared an opinion. No different than this girl shared words. And and it was the same reaction that you're condemning. It's crazy. Look at this. This doesn't even really make any sense to me. You know what I'm saying? This doesn't make any sense to me. It is a contradiction of terms. It's an oxymoron, if you will. It's hypocrisy at its best. I'm not on either side here. I'm just observing. I'm a, I'm a silent observer. But I'm just saying when I'm looking at things here, it bothers the shit out of me. Sonny literally just said, you just got to be strong. That's and, literally and of course people are going to condemn you for saying said. that you just got to be strong. And it's not like we're saying it because we want you to be strong. We're saying it because we have no choice but to be strong. The same reason why people have no choice but to work to make money and to and to do hard labor and to struggle through life. And you know what I mean? You're swimming upstream. That's the way that it is. When people tell you have to be strong, it's literally a requirement. There's no choice. It's the way that our world was built from nature to the top. You shouldn't take offense to the fact that people are saying you have to be. You have to be. You know? It's just crazy. Like I said, it's, it's so frustrating to see the way that cyberbullying is being perceived. We're going to continue with this a little bit more. Hannah, rest in peace. And I feel bad about the way things turned yeah. off for her. You, I think Definitely. people are accountable for their choices just as much as uh, the people that, that have pushed them over the edge. You know what I mean? you got to get away from that edge or get away from the environment that's causing you the toxicity. Hopefully be around people that were there to help you. Because uh, if I look back at Hannah's Twitter, which I'm not sure if it's there, how many people prior to her reaching this point stood up to her against the Twitter trolls? How many people showed interest that are now vocal about the cyberbullying? Because everyone's vocal in hindsight. And I'm talking about the wrestlers, too, and the fans. How many people were vocal about this when the cyberbullying were going on or were even aware? That's a bigger problem. You're not conscious of your peers or people around you. You're so busy living your fucking best lives, you know, and then check in on people. But don't have it mean anything to you in hindsight. You can't preach all that love and togetherness shit and not be love and in love and together with the people that you're around enough that someone can escape you like this. Everyone should have a, a support system or a community. There's no denying that, you know, but there's accountability across the board for this shit. And it's a very sad situation. And I feel bad, you know, but uh, again, I'm looking at all the sides of this objectively. You should not be cyber bullied ever. But uh. It is going to happen, and you should prepare for be prepared for when it does. You know, exactly. Um, in another report of cyberbullying, we have Alexa Bliss. I don't know if you heard about her situation. I heard briefly about this during uh during Raw, ironically. Yeah, 
All right. I'm 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 bringing it together here. So you just got to give me a minute. Bear with me. Um so there was another podcaster and uh he made a statement about Alexa Bliss. Let me see if I could find. I rather do we have his statement? I'm screwing up here if I don't. Yeah, we might not have it. He basically mm-hmm. implied that uh that she uh if she's anything like she is in the ring in the bed, she just lays there. Which that's a pretty that's <laughs> yeah. like like did she not did she not sign your picture? Like I know, right? Like that that sounds like an opinion where it's just like you didn't get that full blown hug. You got like the side get away from me hug, like yeah, I don't know what the deal was there. Um, it's a weird comparison. You don't know. Sometimes people try to be funny and it, uh, it goes crash the wrong way. You know, that was a crash and burn. I mean, we've had crash and burns on here. We've always said on here that whenever we are joking, we're satirical. It's satire. We never mean anything, uh, actually negative. It's jokes and fun. And when we've had to, uh, be serious, we've, we've done it, you know, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, this caused more of an outcry. Like everyone on the internet started to go and defend her. You had like the, different people stepping up you had um alexa bliss who said normally i ignore his ignorance because all he wants is to be recognized by bashing me but ex freaking excuse me how dare you discredit my work in such in a disgraceful way hashtag what a class act and then she said he's been blocked forever on mine he's just one of those people who talks crap behind a microphone while walking while waiting in line for pics at access <laughs> so uh then Paige went, this you know the- who you are out there. <laughs> yeah, so then Paige went, this is the problem right here. He's one of the problems. Cyberbullying is not okay. And to this extent, too, what a disgrace. I'm assuming he's supposed to be a reporter of some sort. Shame on you, JD. Your work is incredible. Alexa Bliss. I was thinking about that. She's saying to Alexa Bliss, pay no mind to ignorance like this. So she calls this dude out. Braun Strowman then, this sad-ass Mark talking like he even knows what it's like to share a bed with a woman. He should probably stick to, to talking about wrestling because he doesn't know shit about it either but at least he can pretend he does oh and eating hot pockets his mom makes him hashtag trash damn hot pockets man i hope i hope people don't see it as a heel turn but i gotta disagree with certain things here yeah that was a dick move that he made shitty thing that he said it's not cyberbullying though yeah he was on his podcast talking shit about somebody he didn't tag alexa bliss or wwe in in the statement you know what I mean? Even if he tagged WWE, it's not like he tagged specifically her with the intent of her hearing it for the specific intention of hurting her. He shared an opinion, despite whether or not it's potentially an unpopular one. He shared it on his platform to his community without pushing it out there. That's not the definition of cyberbullying. You can't see somebody have an opinion on their own platform and be like, aha, cyberbully, cyberbully. You could say, I could say on this platform that he's a douche and that he's dead wrong about Alexa Bliss and he doesn't know shit about wrestling. Because if he knew anything about wrestling, he wouldn't be able to say that about her. She doesn't have to be the top tier wrestler in the world, but we can't, you can't dare say that all she does is lay there. And you can't tell me if you, if you were an observant viewer of the product, you would literally be able to see how far she came from her original debut and how much she's learned about wrestling and being in the ring and doing spots to become the person who can hold titles and be a representative for the company and on the cover of the posters and be a part of the fucking business. So he's a douchebag. Sure. He's an absolute fucking cunt for even saying that. Yes. I said it. he's a cunt for saying that. Cunt. <laughs> but I can say that video. because I'm on my platform. I'm not going to tag him. If I tagged him, I'm cyberbullying. but I'm talking on here. If he listens to this, 
this clip gets shared to him and he goes, see, there's another cyberbully. I'm not. I'm allowed to have a negative opinion. That's not cyberbullying. So there has to be that distinction there. He, he, uh, this podcaster released a statement. He said, ah, the pattern. Big pro wrestler plays victim, claims bullying and all the anti-bullying SJWs proceed to bully who she tweeted about. But please pretend you're quote unquote anti-bully. You and the show you're performing on is terrible TV. I do what I do for people to laugh and understand them. I regret nothing I say or do. I've had more people come to me telling me that I have helped them through cancer treatment, death of family, marriages being lost and being an inspiration to them to the start of their own platform. But you won't hear any of that here you are a woman of power and do nothing with it to make you the the act or the division better you're a selfish individual who doesn't care who succeeds around them but you and who you like instead of an instagram selfie that will net 100k likes be better at your profession in closing thanks for the shout out on memorial day the fact that you know who i am and what i do is thumbs up in my book maybe one day i'll say guys alexa bliss had a great match and is making a difference in the division being better until then no wonder sasha's better uh, yeah, a bit of a douche a bit of a kind of guy but again it's his, yeah. opinion, his opinion his opinion um there are people better than her i'm not i don't know i'm not gonna say here when i hear to play you know this isn't a clip measuring contest I'm not going to sit here. Wow. I'm not going to sit here and say right now whether or not Sasha. I'm saying Alexa Bliss has come a long way. I see improvements on a consistent basis. She's injury prone, sure. She tries to power through them. She's a good personality, also good, good character, and uh, she does not just lay there. And uh, whether or not he chooses a distasteful joke about comparing her to being in the sack or not, uh, we've we've had distasteful jokes. I don't know if he really meant anything by it. And uh, this is again going back to the world that we live in, where even that. Like it's, it's crude and it's rude, but holy shit, the people act like it's the worst thing in the world. Like you can't, and, and he said it to his community. This dude, this dude like has, this dude has in his Twitter, maybe 250 followers. And this is what I'm talking about here. Okay. This is why I'm talking about nowadays. People make a mountain out of a molehill, 250 or so followers, barely anything. You know what I mean? Like all of our followings, we may not be NBC. But all of our followings dwarf this, guys, across the board. We've said worse things about people, maybe under as jokes, I'm sure. Maybe we haven't. I don't know. I try not to be too distasteful unless we're being satire. And I think over the years, we've even matured out of that. But the point being that uh, they try, they're they literally reacting over a guy who has a tiny little platform that has an opinion. And look at how much attention they gave him in the name of cyberbullying. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like no one would have ever even noticed this guy's platform me speaking on him right now if i would have plugged his 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 shit would give him more than he had already and i'm not even trying to be cocky about it because the point being that we're not big but he's so small in scale to us who aren't big that us sharing his shit out would have been an elevation and i'm just going by the twitter i don't know who this person is maybe he has a huge following i'm not judging people i don't judge people by their followers but the point being that if they're going by that twitter account and by his podcast what what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, why is this even a thing? He's a small time guy. And you might have just and he didn't wound tag up making him anything. bigger. He didn't tag you in anything. If anything, you guys had to preemptive strike. That's cyberbullying. You listened to somebody's material. You didn't like it. And then you called them out and sicked your whole community on them. And ever since that person been getting harassive messages, that's the fucking cyberbullying. Not the, not the unpopular guy. <laughs> you know, he didn't call anybody out on you. You literally cyberbullied him in the name of cyberbullying. Does anybody see this? Does anybody see this? 
<laughs> I don't agree with the guy's opinion, but that doesn't mean I lost my fucking sense. He was cyberbullied right. because he had an unpopular shitty opinion. Yes, a shitty opinion on Alexa Bliss that I disagree with, but didn't do anything with it. And they in turn attacked him. And I get it, Cooley. He he said he compared her wrestling skills to her performance at bed. He can do that. He didn't tag her in the fucking thing. Right. He was doing this thing called trying to make a joke. Unfortunately, it failed. <laughs> you know, Melsa's saying, this is going back to the Hannah Kimura thing as well as the Alexa Bliss thing. Melsa's saying that uh, at least in Japan, and it's starting to become a thing here, they're trying to pass a law where if you harass or make threats to somebody on social media, you can be prosecuted, you know? So uh, Alexa Bliss has even said that there should be laws, and a lot of wrestlers saying there should be laws against this and everything. Do I agree or disagree? If we are... Oh, if we as a world are going to look into cyberbullying laws, then we need to be very descriptive, very descriptive of what entails cyberbullying and what doesn't. That way, like many other things that we have looked into over the past wonderful few years, we in this in this reborn SJW world, it doesn't become something that the wrong kind of people use to their advantage. Cyberbullying shouldn't be when you make a valid point over someone else and they dislike your perspective or point or opinion. It shouldn't even be when you and someone else argue. It should be a 100% one-sided engagement, similar to harassment, with no civil discord, with the person clearly not interacting back, where out of the fucking clear blue yonder, this person attacks you, tags you, where it's visible on your timeline and your peers see it, with no other reason or motivation behind, out of nowhere, they're just shitting on you. It should be handled like fighting in the street. If you both participate, they could arrest both of you, but if only one person attacks the other, that's assault. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It should not be that cyberbullying is when you get your feelings hurt because feelings are subjective. There have to be clean cut lines of what cyberbullying is. And the reason why I know there have to be clean cut lines is because just now we came of a fucking place of it being confused. Where they basically accuse the guy who was being cyberbullying of cyberbullying, not just of being a dick. He's a dick, not a cyberbullier. You got to be careful okay. and think objectively about this stuff. And cool talking about like, well, it was a wrong target. Sad part about it is when it comes to somebody just making jokes nowadays and those things are right target. Cause either way, somebody's getting pissed off. And what it's becoming nowadays is just blowing it out of proportion, making it a thousand times worse than it has to be. And all they did manage to do was get the guy fucking attention. Nothing, not, nothing was actually, no, no progress was actually made on their end. Lance this is just Storm. one more podcaster we didn't know about before, but we know now. Lance Storm said, if someone says something negative about someone and does not tag them, they're only voicing their opinion slash ignorance to those who follow them. If you then retweet and tag that someone, you are the one causing harm and spreading quote unquote hate. Hashtag stop stooging. And he says, if some dude with 50 followers or a podcast no one listens to says I'm a piece of shit, he put a poo emoji and suck, I'll never know or care. If you tag me and tell me what they said, you are worse than they are. Hashtag instigator, hashtag popster, hashtag stooge. Do you understand? Landstorm, who I've listened to his, I listened to his, I read his blog before blogs were even a thing. That's so long, cause that guy is a smart dude. And I agree with what he's saying. Someone on their show or in their community saying something shitty about you is not cyberbullying. If you make that cyberbullying, then no one's allowed to say anything about anyone ever because everyone else can always say that they're being cyberbullied by the other person that's saying it. So then we all can't talk. Unbelievable. Welcome to the world, ladies and gentlemen. You got to be smart. I don't want a community like these other shit wrestling communities out there. No offense to them. Now nah, I'm cyberbully. I don't want to. I want people who are insightful, <laughs> who understand how, how the world works. You know, now nah, that's it for me, right? I'm a cyberbully. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. Last episode, we out here. That's that's it. Fuck them. They're cyberbullies. Don't listen to these guys. 
You hear the shit that they say? You know, I'm trying and I'm really trying. You know, if anybody takes this negatively, that's that's on them. They're not all right. They're not the right kind of people because I don't I'm not condoning any of the negativity. But a lot of the people who are against it are contributing to it. And a lot of the people that don't want it are not doing anything to avoid it. So the only thing that's winning is the negativity right now, because everyone's arguing about how much it shouldn't be there. But doing fuck all to prevent it from being there. You don't, you, 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 you don't want to get sunburned? Well, bitch, put on some SPF 50. You sit there complaining about how you want sunburn. You don't want to catch the clap? Stop fucking crazy, bitches. Don't fucking think. <laughs> think of simple people. Yeah, it got graphic in here. Sometimes it gets graphic. Yeah, no, but you're a cyber Sue me, bully. America. You're, you're a cyber bully, though, now. Well, hey. You know, remember back in the day, you used to be, remember that thing, you might be a redneck? Well, now you might be a cyber bully. Oh, like that's, God. That's I, I'm so mad that I was watching that this morning. <laughs> now you might be a cyber bully. It's not even, we used to have a better one. You know, you're going to be telling your kids about that. You know, back in our day, it wasn't you might be a cyber bully. It might be, it was you might be a redneck. Now they don't care about that anymore. Right. Now you're a redneck. It's just like, eh, okay. Well, no, you're a cyber no, bully. If you're a redneck, redneck, you're not even a real redneck. You're a redneck on Twitter. Oh my God. Yes. Twitter rednecks, right? We don't even have real ones anymore. Everybody's their virtual selves. You know, everybody just tweet, just straight tweet necks. Maybe the Wachowski brothers slash now sisters the whole message that they were trying to tell you with their Matrix movie was this. You're already plugged in and you didn't even realize it. Stupid. Look at that. That is what they were trying to tell you. Actually, I wasn't me making a joke. If you actually yeah. go back and look at the movie, the movie was a metaphor to the way society works and the way we're controlled by our functions. So, yes, that's exactly what the fuck they were trying to tell you in case you didn't catch that, you know, and now oh, you didn't know and now I'm trying to tell you this is the second attempt. I'm trying to tell you I don't have bullet time cameras or any special effects Damn, or a good sound studio, you know, but I do have a mic and a fucking touchpad in front of me. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll make my attempt, which swipe plug. <laughs> speaking of Matrix. If you guys have not been watching our South Park streams, watch the last one. I ain't going to say nothing more than that. <laughs> a little ode to the Matrix in there. That's all I'm saying. Watch it when it gets up because I haven't even put it up yet. I'll put it up later. Uh-huh. I'll get, put it up as a Tuesday thing. We do them on Sunday live in the same chat room, but I'll put it up Tuesday. Which, by the way, guys, yeah, talkbrunch.com yeah. is right there on the top of that window. You can watch all of our stuff live. Come in whenever. You're welcome all the time. Wow, right. there's been a we lot of people coming in and out of chat thank you to all you shout out we don't shout out the lurkers so you got to make yourself known yeah say hi just don't say nothing crazy because i swear to god i'm ready at the moment i didn't realize actually how many uh yeah i realized how many people came in here true full disclosure like we always keep uh the chat room open during pay-per-views i was sitting there double or nothing ready (laughs) i was like somebody give me a reason just <laughs> come in, you know, come in and be part of the community and you can come correct. Which by the way, we're looking for moderators. If you want to be a moderator of Talk Brunch, um there's no better time than now to just message or DM us on Twitter or whatever. Um moderating for us is a little bit different because it does entail riding shotgun, being on the air for stuff. So you have to have like a pretty decent, not fantastic, but pretty decent audio setup. Uh and a knowledge of our content. Yeah. Don't just come in here and be like, hey, I know about brunch. Like, no, you gotta yeah. at least have some idea what you could talk about. We can fill you in on the rest. Like it's Yeah. Because we uh you know, we're we're pretty open. We're picky, but we're also open. So it's like 
yeah. if you're, you don't have to be in wrestling if your thing is shotgun for gaming on those streams let us know let us know about all of that stuff i know a lot of people uh ask we don't really break kayfabe on here but a lot of people ask what happened with roxy and honestly her health wasn't too good you know she tries to uh she puts in a good poker face but uh our hours combined with her health was killing her Oh yeah, uh, which I kind of suspected because that's what's happened before, like the hours and the health, and it. And she's also because of pre-existing health conditions, she's in the high risk category for uh for this uh this this pandemic. We'll just call it that. We don't have to name what it is. So uh, right. you know, with the hours and everything, it's just better that we don't have that kind of stuff happening because your immune system does get lowered if you have a bad diet and you're not getting sleep. If you don't, if you're not physically fit, and you lose, you know, all of these things factor into a. Uh, into your your well-being people have asked me because uh i was helping zen ncl well not really helping i like to say i was hanging out with them on their streams over the weekend and uh i i went like a full 24 hours without sleeping like i went from i, I got up one morning i was helping them with their streams i was doing some of our stuff and 24 hours later i was still up and i was on another stream like i contribute to other communities and uh i'm blessed to say that i was able to do that because of the fact that i i knock on wood don't have any physical ailments and because I do live, I eat clean, I live a certain way, and yeah. I do that more and more, and it pays off. So when I do need those, um, I'm able to do it. And a lot of people, I didn't. And you, yeah, like you don't pull 24 hour sessions all the time. Exactly. So. And that being said, um, I didn't eat for those 24 hours. I was also fasting, which I've told you guys before, this is something that I occasionally do. And at the end of it, even though it wasn't deliberate, I needed that. And, and it's like, I, I, the reason I needed that is because when you're not eating, I think fasting helps you a lot. I've said that before. It helps you. It gives your body some time with the power down, you know, and it's not, it wasn't deliberate. Sometimes it's not like I went, I am officially fasting and I stabbed my staff into the ground and there's a fucking bolt of light. It's, it was just literally, yeah, you know, it was just literally, I just wasn't eating. And sometimes if you're used to fasting, it's good. That being said, I needed that 24 hours because when I did finally crash, I think I only crashed for four hours, maybe four hours. You wake up feeling like a brand new person, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was. It was. Better I know than, that feeling. It was better than like any good fight sleeps. crime and everything. It was. <laughs> it was better than any good sleeps. Going back to the Matrix, humanity was compared to batteries. When you let your battery, if you ever want to go somewhere on a trip with your phone or with anything that charges, they always tell you let that shit drain, then fill it all the way back up. You're gonna get a better charge out of a lot of things that way. And that's how I felt. Like I fell asleep in a way. I always feel like there's a part of me conscious. I fell asleep in a way where I just literally was gone and woke up completely refreshed. I went, by the time you and I met up to do our Sunday streams, I felt fantastic. You, know you I mean? sound like I, I felt the energy. You felt like you sound like you felt magical. Like your body needs to do that. But that's the whole loophole of that is that in order to get your body to that, you have to, you can't be unhealthy to be able to do what we're doing on here. I've told people like this, and I'm not being cocky, but not everyone can do the kind of content that we're doing. And I'm not saying it's the most popular or that it's even popular, but not everyone can do the kind of content. And I don't do it for popular. I do it because it's challenging and because I like it, you know, and because I love our community, small or big. I, I like everyone in our community and the things that we do. And we do this shit for us. And you have to be the kind of people that do things for you, not for others, because that is the core of what prevents you from being somebody who's suicidal. If from the beginning of your journey, the things that you're doing, you're doing for yourself, with yourself in mind, and discarding what others think, then nowhere along your journey can they come into that, can they interject themselves into your lives, and their opinion matter to you. Because you're doing what you're doing for you in the first fucking place. The only way that you can allow the opinions of others to derail that 
is if there was a part of you when you first went into whatever you went into that was already thinking about preemptively how people are going to perceive you. If you get rid of that part of yourself, then you can do anything. So uh, again, when it comes to the health thing, we're looking for moderators. Look at how many different topics we cover. We're looking for moderators. There's nothing against past people here because she wasn't the first, nor will she probably be the last that really couldn't handle this. We're not your average podcast. And again, I'm not patting my own back here, but we're not, we're not just putting on fucking Radio Shack headsets, you know, and plugging the little, the little headphone RCA jack into a thing and, and just coming on here with like a memo pad with a few scribbled notes. This is, this has become a gigantic elaborate thing. And yeah, we're a small community. I need you guys to know that we're a small community doing big fucking things. Nothing that <laughs> exactly. we're, nothing that we're doing is below the standard. And I will venture to say above the standard of what almost anyone I've come across is doing. So it's not easy. And all the time when you see people leave, it's not always that there were issues. Yes, sometimes there were issues. A lot of the time, the issues at their core were that they couldn't handle it. And sometimes it's easier for people to make excuses like what we're seeing today than to take accountability for the fact that they can't handle being in a certain field or doing a certain thing due to their mental health limitations. And there's no shame in that. But it's happened to us. It happens to everyone. I don't hold it. When I was younger, even old Rick on this show probably did judge people based on that. I don't judge any past people that were on here that just couldn't do this. You know, it's just a, it's, it's one of those things. So understand if you do decide you're going to be a moderator or contact us to be one, that it, it's not easy. It is fun. I enjoy it. I know yeah. Dustin enjoys it, but uh, there are, there are part that it entails certain things that we look for that most people don't. And that's because we are at a higher standard as far as that kind of stuff goes. And I always give somebody a fair shake because from the outside looking in, they'll generally think that it's simpler than it is. I'm sure that Roxy did, and I'm sure people before her did. I know I sure as fuck did. (laughs) You did, and look at what you're able to do now. You know, those people are more suited for Twitter, for the kind of things that they're used to doing. It's easy to just send out a, what is it, 240 characters or less opinion and then go about your day, you know? Pretty much. And uh, no disrespect to anybody, but when you have heard in the past, present, or even in the future about people who are on here and then you hear later on, you know, that there there's something that wasn't working with their health. To me, that goes to show even more of the toxicity of social media because when was the last time that I've ever told you guys anybody on here wasn't doing well? That you looked at their social media and they didn't look fucking glamorous. <laughs> Think about that. Because it's all a ploy. I'm so Think bad about the, that. Oh, I'm so bad the song popped in my head. I'm so fucking bad. <laughs> glamorous. Oh, I heard one. Glamorous. I, got, I, I, I practically made out with my pop filter for that one. Glamorous. <laughs> I put my face right into the, the pop filter. I was like, boom, I motorboated that motherfucker. For that. Glamorous. <laughs> when is the last time you looked at social media and someone hasn't looked glamorous? Name anybody who have told you left under the rest. All the things, they look wonderful. They look like they're always having a great time. I know people who are the scum of the earth. I'm not talking about our community. I know, I'm talking about my personal life. Who are the scum of the earth. Women specifically. I'm not saying you women. or I'm not. I'm, there I go. I'm bullying women. No, don't don't, don't nobody do it. I, I'm saying in Back my up. particular. I know my particular case. I've known women specifically, and in recent days, I'm saying like in this recent 2020 year, who are disgusting, nasty, vile, worms of the earth. And I can say that. I'm not calling any names. I'm not tagging them in it. But when you go onto their Instagrams and their Twitters, they look gorgeous. They look like they're, they look like they're Beyonce's friends. They're so beautiful the way they, they, they paint their face. <laughs> I love the, 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 the poses that they do and the way they make everything and their cameras just off of how fucking disgusting their, their, their floors are and, and how nasty their asses are. The fucking, the fucking <laughs> quarter of a muffin still on the floor and shit. Like, 
You know what I mean? And that's why you don't fall for these ploys. You got to get the insight to understand that you're being shown illusions. Illusions. It's all nonsense. Sometimes you can't see the spilled VA splash. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no. Yeah, when it comes to Pat, when it comes to like people looking to moderate, if you want to understand how difficult this is, well, not even necessarily difficult. That's not as easy. Keep in mind, I used to listen to this shit on TuneIn. And now I'm sitting here with damn near probably a thousand dollars worth of shit right in front of me. Yeah, he he used to think just like, like a lot of you thought that have contact because don't think we don't get people to contact us. I've get several of you to contact me to want to be in this, and then you realize, kind of like Destin did in the early days, that it's not just wearing some random. You know, he had to get his his a podcast set up. He had to get a new PC. He spent a lot. We spent a lot. I used to call this bitch from my phone. His phone on a hotspot. You know what I mean? So it's like we, he's come a long way from that. And that's with a, that's with, the a, with, a, with a fucking level one afterglow headset where if you wear all the, you could, if you listen closely, you can hear all the gamers cringe when I said level one afterglow. <laughs> now I'm sitting here with a $130 mic right in front of my face. Like, <laughs> you gotta put in work with this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, moderators is, is what we're looking for. Like, we're, we're gonna guide you through this shit though. Like, it's yeah. And, uh, and this is no offense, you know, I, I, I love to have Roxy here to death. I love having Pre to death when she's able to be here. But this is not, you are no longer applicable if you are in the UK because we've tried and there's too much. They're going through too much over there for starters. You know, in my experience, I haven't met anyone from there that doesn't have some sort of shit going on or some sort of a health issue. And I've tried to make this a global uh, brand where it's like it can't it can't be. It needs to be in our time zone because they, whether they realize it or not, and that we've learned that from recent experience, they're going to think that they could do it until they burn themselves out and they fuck themselves up really badly. And then that's yeah. going to be on me. Like, God forbid something would have happened to her or happened to anybody else uh, that bit, on, bit off more than they could chew. I don't want to be that guy who clipped Owen Hart and thought it would be okay. And then Owen didn't have the accountability to be the final word of not saying no, because that's the equivocal in a smaller scale. I want to be the guy who stops the person who's not objective enough to realize that they're in over uh, over their head beforehand. Yeah. See, with Pri, I've always felt like, I mean, because Pri shows up whenever she can. So Pri's not necessarily in the sense where it's like, oh, you're never going to hear from Pri again. Pri shows up once in a blue moon, just because it kind of works into her schedule. But it's like every week it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that to her. I wouldn't want to ask that of her anymore. I want to ask it of anybody else. So when I yeah. realize that people are going through shit, because this is like, you you guys are amazing. The people who are in the live chat room, especially, you're nocturnal to a sense like we are, because we're night people. Like even on days where we're not doing this, Destin and I might turn on the stream in here to just do a game or whatever. You're nocturnal like us, and I give credit. But for people, I'm sure you have people in your lives that will ask you, how the hell do you stay up so later? How do you deal with this? That's regular people. And sometimes if they try to do this, it overwhelms them. You know, and I don't like to bore you guys with the behind the scenes details. It's not always that juicy. You know what I mean? She she was a cool person. She got along. Um, but there was just no way. There was no way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there was definitely no hard feelings whatsoever. No. It was just and, like, hey, yeah, appreciate and, it. And health comes first. You know what I mean? And um, I think health should come first in every situation. My health came first. I just was able to manage it better. You know, it's like a lot of people... Um, it's not easy for them to do. You know, people have weight fluctuations and things that they deal with. People have a lot of different health issues. And you know what? Quite honestly, a lot of the time, that's the scary part about social media. Their escape from a lot of their issues, a lot of their obesities, a lot of their mental health problems. I'm talking people in general now is social media. So when you go to that very social media that you're depending on to be your escape from the stress of the world and then you're attacked on there, 
you put all your eggs into the wrong basket. I told you it was going to be a heavy one, right? Am I right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were warned. You were warned. Take accountability for all stuff, everyone across the board. Bullying has to stop. No, it doesn't. When people say this has to stop, guess what? It doesn't, and it hasn't. It's been here since we've Not been even here. close. It's been here since the beginning of time. So you keep saying this has to stop. No one's been successful. We have a 0% win rate at stopping bullying. So I'm going to continue to go for the next best thing and be prepared for it. And those of you who don't think you're prepared for it, avoid professions that might entail it. Because it, I do think that it should stop. I don't think that it will stop. So when it won't stop, make sure you're ready for it. Yeah, there you go. What other depressing shit do we got going on, man? Uh, Lon's coming out with a rap seat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't tempt her. She might do it. Yeah, we're going to... We're going to skip all the Vince McMahon lawsuit XFL shit for this week. I don't think any of you guys want to hear about that. I don't want to talk about it. It's there. Right. Um, in a follow-up to last week's story, Shad Gaspard's body was confirmed to be found. We kind of knew. We spoke about it last week. It wasn't confirmed. That's the reason why I feel obligated to bring it up now. But it wasn't confirmed. We kind of sort of writing on the wall here. We told you guys in detail about what happened. Um I'm going to run this confirmation for you guys. Can you talk about what specifically matched the description? So the individual that was uh, seen here on the beach this morning uh, was an African-American male, uh, approximately 6'6", uh, over 240 pounds. So it, uh, it matched the description of the missing swimmer that had gone missing during the rescue efforts that we conducted here on Sunday afternoon. So, um, yeah, we went into detail about what happened already, so we're not going to do that again. Yeah, but there was definitely, it did not look good in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'll give you new new details in regards to uh, basically the chief of the L.A. County Fire Department basically said that it was like a front-loading washing machine. So the waves are continually crashing down on you, you know, and uh, the swells were six feet in the water. And the fast current it created perfect conditions for tragedy and... uh. Yeah, you pretty much know. They said the, based on his size and the conditions in the water, there were choices he doesn't want to make. But the lifeguard said that Chad told him to take his son. And uh, Chad's son told reporters, he said, Dad told me to push off to the guy. And when the lifeguard turned back, he saw a large wave crash over him. And then he wasn't seen again. So uh, we didn't know anything until now. Now they uh, they found the guy. Which uh, I didn't talk that much about it last week because I didn't want for anyone else to give up hope so i didn't want to talk about the guy in hindsight um but now that this he's passed and rest in peace and you know thoughts and prayers and all of that um the one thing that i will say which should be recognized is that there was a um i kind of feel like that tag team crime time was the pioneers if it wasn't for them i don't know if there would be like a private party or a street profits they they were they were the ones that kicked off that whole thing. Like if it if they yeah, if I, like I'll boldly say if Crime Time did not show up, we wouldn't be hearing about Street Profits, uh, Private Party, a lot of these other different teams. I think Crime Time really got the whole ball rolling. Honestly, yeah, like they were the first, and yeah, and in fact, uh, when when we when we get into Double or Nothing, Private Party had their own little tribute to them. Mm-hmm, yeah, and um. Uh, it's it's a different gimmick for a different time, and it's a comedy gimmick no matter which you look at. But these guys, 
really opened the door for that. And I know at the time, a lot of people said it was stereotyped or whatever. Sure. In some ways it was, but it was done in a, in a entertaining way. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, you can't look at it like, oh, you know, it was, it was cool. It was really cool. And they were good guys. You know, I've, I've said on here, I reviewed. You could tell they generally enjoyed that gimmick. Yeah. You, you, you have to look at something for more than what it is. You have to really look beyond what you're seeing at the creativity that goes into certain things. I've told you guys, some of you might remember in the early episodes, I reviewed JTG's book, which I bought on here. You know, I didn't have to do that. You know, and I'm, I'm not saying, you know, but I'm just saying there's a lot of other ways to get it. It was like, I wanted to buy the guy's book, you know, with money and, and, uh, and read the whole thing to hear about his experience being there. You know, as a minority, given such a big role, being a tag team, knowing the people he met, it's a different perspective. That's the reason I bought that book, because uh, it's a different perspective um, that you would get because, you know, people of color like Chad would have different role models from what you've heard about growing up. And they would have different uh, and JTG. They would have different uh, people who would uh, take them under their tutelage in the wrestling world, which they did. And I just wanted to hear about it from the perspective of him, his run there. And I read it and it was a great read. So, you know, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about how, how much they did. And it is very sad that a guy like that who, uh, you know, his last, it's, it is good. I'm sure if he, you know, he wouldn't regret it. He saved his kid's life. Oh, yeah. You buy JTG beard hair care products, Mark? That's cool. <laughs> he has those? Okay. Well, still making that money, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. JTG actually released a statement. Let me see here. I'm going to put this up on the screen. I haven't seen this yet. Oh, wow. That's a big statement. Um, oh, boy. Geez, I got to read all that. I guess I do now. Not that I, not that I teased it. All right. Uh, I want to say thank you to all the friends. Oh, I have my own overlay blocking me here. Isn't that inconvenient? Do we got to remove the overlay to be able to look at this? No, do we inconvenience or overlay? I could enlarge another one I have here. Don't worry. Okay. I want to say thank you to all the friends, friends, fans, and family who reached out to me and Shad's family during this difficult time. The outpour of love and support has definitely helped me get through this. I have my moments where I'm in disbelief and feeling tremendous amount of hurt. But as soon as I start to reminisce about Shad and our relationship, I begin to smile. I have tons of memories of Shad and I just, and, and just us chilling for no reason and having a great time, enjoying each other's energy, working out together, traveling the world together, laughing about inside jokes that nobody around knew about, doing, doing editables, doing edibles after a show. I thought I was reading that wrong. Doing edibles after, <laughs> after a show and then binge That's eating, then binge eating red lobster. <laughs> <laughs> How much that was a gimmick? I wait. <laughs> wow. I caught oh, me off guard. Jesus. I thought I read it wrong at first. I was like, he must mean editables. Like they were in the truck getting there. No. Edibles and red doing Um, after Sean Benjamin, yeah, do you do you, man? And our favorite roasting <laughs> each other relentlessly. The relationship that I and Chad had comes along once in a lifetime. If you have a friend or a loved one that you're close to, always try to make an effort to let them know how much you appreciate them. Tomorrow is never promised. Chad and I always expressed how much we appreciated each other in each other's lives and then follow it up with a good old fashioned roast just to balance things out. Shad, thank you for always being there for me. You were more than my tag team partner, more than a friend. You were the big brother. I always wanted growing up. The world will remember you for what you are a hero. And uh, yeah, when he says that, you know, about them, that they always appreciated each other. I know 
for a fact, and some of you saw it, it wasn't just him talking. Like he, he shared like a tweet from Chad, ironically, I believe it was a recent tweet where he texted JTG and he said, you know, if I die tomorrow, I just want you to know that I love you and you are my brother. And so I'm paraphrasing, but he said a tweet like that, you know, so they really did have that kind of a relationship with one another. Even on the book, he blamed Shad for a lot of, <laughs> a lot of mishaps with management. <laughs> Shad was a more laid back guy, you know, I'll never forget the story that he told one day where they were in the hallway and Stephanie passed them. And, uh, I don't remember what it is that she asked, but Shad said to like, you know, he was, he, he said something like, um, yes, Stephanie. And Shad was like, no problem, baby. And like the way he fucking described her just stopping in her tracks and turning around and like the, the look on her face, like, what the fuck did you just call me? <laughs> the fuck you say you mean? No, she pulled a ninja. The fuck you say you mean little shit? <laughs> like Chad, Chad. He was a heat magnet. If you listen, if you read the JTG yeah, book, was. the guy, he wasn't trying to. He was a heat magnet. You know? He just said shit and bad shit happened. He couldn't help it though. You know? It's just who he was. He was just, you know, the way it is in WWE. Sometimes the best people are heat magnets. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that was a case of someone who was, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. We're going to miss you, you big old heat magnet, you. Absolutely. Probably up there catching hell right now. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, there were, there were some memories with that team. No, I think uh, one of my favorites to this day, and it's not even because of crime time. Once again, fucking William Regal. It was uh when they were doing the whole McMahon son angle. Mm-hmm. And crime time was talking about like, oh, you know, uh, we could be your son. Because like, we got a lot of things in common. Shad goes, we like to make that. They did the whole money, money thing. And what made the bit so great is in the room, it's Vince, Teddy Long, Coach, Crime Time, and William Regal. Mm. <laughs> and everybody starts doing around in a circle. And at one point, JTG puts a hat on on Regal, and you could see Regal fighting it. And then eventually, he just joins in a bit. I was crying when the time. I'm going to see if I can find it, actually. It is the, oh, God, it's the funniest bit ever. Because you can see in Regal's face the second it hit, the hat touches his head. He is fighting it like you wouldn't even believe. But oh my god, yeah, that was such a fun team. Remember when they um, I think this, this was this was when we still had like heel Lita. Remember when they stole when they stole Lita's uh, lingerie and tried to sell it to the crowd, and her and her vibrators and stuff. <laughs> that was her. You know that was her final day in WWE, right? I remember. Yeah, that was her last day. What a send off for somebody who, who was a draw like her, right? Way to bury somebody. They were doing that shit on purpose. They they do what they did, they they do exactly what they did. But yeah, that was such a that, that was such a good team. Like Pula said earlier, um, it was unfortunate that Vince never put the uh, the titles on them. Truth be told, they didn't need them. They were such a good team. They were one of the teams where it would have been nice to see them win the tag titles. But um, it it was one of those things where the fact that they didn't do it didn't hurt their careers really. Because I mean, there's still people still talk about them to this day. People still reminisce a lot of the stuff they used to do. Just it, it, it was overall fantastic team, but I, I wonder why we didn't hear more from them in other companies, right? Yeah, you would have thought they would have showed up in other places, but no, nah, they they just they they just never they just never showed up anywhere else. Let's see if I can cl- track down that clip. It's here somewhere. I know it is, but no, it is great, great team. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see that clip. Amazing. Yeah, I gotta see if I can find it. Like it's 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 probably my 
favorite. Like, <laughs> if you oh, find it, okay. drop it in the chat room, and I'll pull it from there onto the Tron. Yeah, most definitely. But yeah, I wonder why we never saw these guys like in the indies. Like, at least the indies I watch, you think you'd see more of them? Yeah, you would. Oh God, I found it. Give me a minute. It uh, yeah, it only shows like it's, it's like only part of the bit, but it's the best part of the whole thing. Oh god, okay, it's one of the weird ones that has like a soundtrack over it, but it's still you're oh, still kind of. What is it with uh, people putting soundtrack over things, right? I, I I don't know. I don't know why I have the luck of always finding those ones, but it's just the best part about this is just watch Regal's face in this one. It kills me every time I see it because it's just like the moment when he just caves in. It's just like you know what, fuck it, this is happening. <laughs> All right, give me a sec here. We got we got an upgraded setup, guys. So hopefully, a lot of things should load quicker when we have to pull clips out of the air like this. Yeah, if I can ever find the original one, definitely we'll send it out. Look, look at Regal. <laughs> That's the moment that gets me every time. Just have a word like, yep. Oh God, they put the clip over. Fucking Regal, man. <laughs> All oh, these channels and their weird designs. Oh God! Look at that! Look at this! Look at that! <laughs> that is wonderful. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, how could you not love those two? Like, eh? too funny, man. Too. That was. That to this day is my favorite memory. Just gonna fucking wrinkle. <laughs> Motherfucker has no rhythm whatsoever, but does not give a shit. <laughs> yeah, he's not having it, man. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I, I like I, I credit Vince for not being able to break because I would have caved instantly. Oh, the second I saw expert, Regal, that man. was it. Like Vince is an expert. That motherfucker is greatest poker face in the game. Like, yeah. All right. Well, before it gets too late on here, we should talk some AEW because we didn't have a post show for it. Um, you guys got to vote on those polls more often. We got the cards because if I don't see like a big turnoff for the votes, I won't, uh, I don't think we, there's any need for posts. It shows lack of interest in the live event. Yeah. You, know, you guys, guys got to show us you want these things. Yeah. But I saw it, um, throughout the day today. So, um, I guess we'll just run down the car. If you have anything to say about these matches, by all means, um, you know, I'm not going into super detail. I think it's important yeah. nowadays you guys watch the wrestling. Uh, but they did have a buy-in match. I like the Lance Archer, uh, interview it was kind of like lance archer's ready interview where they where him and jake are i don't know what the hell that was like some abandoned property and he's destroying toilets with a sledgehammer yeah it, it was like some rundown like foreclosed house or something like and you know what it's been a while with uh without having jake as a personality i know he's told to wrestle as a personality, and i missed him and he's still one of the best promos ever and he still has one of the best voices for said promos jake roberts sounds like no matter where he's at there's like 50 bodies below him somewhere yeah right like that motherfucker sounds like he just came from murdering somebody no matter what he did and the body is just off camera like like, like if i walk down a dark alley and i hear jake roberts voice shit my pants instantly no <laughs> right. build up no nothing just straight deuce like <laughs> that's the last voice you hear before you're about to die like and he knows it too that's the best part you can tell he knows it like yeah uh, I'm going to cut promos with a look in his eye like, yep, I still got it. So the buy-in match was Private Party against Best Friends. Dun, 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 dun. Finish being the strong zero. What are your thoughts? Uh, First of all, awesome match. And I mentioned the tribute Primetime did, uh, the, the tribute uh, Private Party did 
they hit prime times G9 finisher. Yeah. And it was beautiful to saw because I saw them setting it up and jumped out of my seat. I was like, they're going to hit the G9. But um, it was so cool to see them do that because, like we said, they, they, they probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. But, I mean, hard-hitting, smash-mouth, uh, kind of what we expected from these two. But, uh, yeah, best friends going over with Strong Zero and best friends lock their place in for the number one contenders uh, for the tag team championships. Yes. Very good pre-show or kickoff buy-in call it what you will very good opening match i like private party a lot i like best friends a lot my one gripe with private party and i know it's not their fault but one of my i like intros and one of my favorite things to me that whole intro what made that whole intro for me was the guy there like the guy there with the uh the club dude and like uh, yeah they had the, the fact that they he'd have the the barricade and they'd have to put the they slip him the money and pat his chest like they <laughs> they slip him like <laughs> and he opens the little thing for them and they go in like it's a private club like that was that's such a cool intro. I don't know. The kid in me really fucking just dug that they have it. and the guy that they get, the guy that they get looks legit. You know, like that is like the bouncer of this thing. You know, like the, looks like he just left a club. And the fact that he doesn't sell it, like he's not he doesn't corpse at all. Like he it legit he's legit letting them into the private party, you know. That's the shit to me is one of the funniest things. <laughs> And they don't do it. Like, I get they don't want to have a lot of people around, but I always, even if I'm putting the program together or if I'm doing something on Distracted Talking Show, I always go out of my way to look up to see when they put the, they, they tip the fucking bouncer before they go in there. Like, I popped the first time I saw it. I was like, that shit is awesome. Like, I just, cause like, it, cause like, when you look at the scenario, it puts in your head, it's like, what happens if they forget that, if they forget that money before they walk out so they just don't wrestle the match? Like, really? Like, they sell it so well, like you genuinely sit there and think that shit. Like, what did they fuck around and forgot what did? We had to go, but we had to do like Kurt Angle did that one time and go back through the curtain and do it. Entrance over. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the first, but, for this being the but, first time we saw a private party in about two months, killed it. Yes, great opening match. Kudos to Private Party for hitting the crime time finisher. You know, yeah. sorry they couldn't win, but you are fighting the best friends. They're quite formidable. Wonderful stuff across the board. Yeah. The next we get the casino ladder match. Which, uh, you know what, man? I don't want to talk fully about AEW, but unfortunately, I'm talking about Dynamite. Unfortunately, there are things that were affected because of, uh, circumstances, I guess, outside of their control. Yeah. Um, one of them wanted to be in this match. Yeah. Because, uh, so which one was, who was, who was it that got swapped? It, it was, uh, it was Phoenix that took right. that nasty So dog. Phoenix, the match, what was, I'm trying to remember what the match was. Phoenix took a really bad bump during, uh, during AEW Dynamite. He was, he basically, I guess it was, uh, what would it have been? It was a, it was, it was basically, a um, a tope pretty much. Yeah, it was a tope and he landed short, clipping their legs and he landed on his back almost like in power bomb, like taking a power bomb position. So he yeah. lands, he takes a bad bump. And I said in the chat room at the time, I don't need anybody to give me an injury report. He's fucking injured. Like as soon as I saw it, I was oh, like, yeah. I don't need anybody to give me an injury report. That dude is injured. And he was, yeah. and that's why he wasn't on the pay-per-view. Yeah. You, the you know what, actually wound up uh, hearing specifically what went down when it came to the decision. Um, what it looked to be was going from Wednesday to Saturday, Thursday, they were like, he's still, they were like, okay, he'll be ready by Saturday. What happened on Friday was he was still limping pretty good. Yeah. So so what happened was, interestingly enough, they took him out of the match, not because he was 
injured, but because if they would have let him go, it would have been a thousand times worse. If he wouldn't have been limping as bad and he was a little bit better, they, they actually expected him to be better by by Saturday. Because well, like I said, Phoenix is damn near, damn near immortal. Well, but, what, it is, <laughs> what it is is that they, and they said this, they knew that he would go anyway, but they didn't want him to. So they took the decision yeah. out of his hands. This goes back to our earlier conversation. You know what I mean? They, it's kind of like the guy's not going to tell you he can't go. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. Need, if I can been... see, if I could see from my couch that he shouldn't be in the pay per view after a bump he took on a Wednesday, then you guys over there should know <laughs> that are yeah. that are at the arena Wait. with him. You know, you should not. I be, mean, I, mean, I saw that bump. Fe- it's like, oh my god. I mean, yeah, definitely. Phoenix has a history of taking a nasty bump and then being good by the time he needs to be. But no. this was one of the occasions where he was not okay enough. I knew a hundred percent. I wish money would have been on the line for that shit. I don't want to bet on injuries, but mm-hmm. if I would have been like a thousand dollars, I would have been like, I bet I'll take it. He's injured. He's it was like, it's like, no, it's like this is like what well, this isn't a cartoon. I was like, are you kidding? Because like, I mean, did anybody watch that? If if people could take bumps like that, we'd be power bombing people over the top rope all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like, do the, the more I think about it, because uh-huh. like the more I think about it, like if it would have been a regular, just like nine way match, they probably would let him go. But you but know it's what? A match. Everyone was a little off because then Colt follows it up with an Asai moonsault and he whiffs onto the uh, on that too. You know, like it was a bit of a whiff. And then Cassidy, he does like a an assisted dive and he practically misses. Like everyone, everyone was just dying out here. <laughs> you gotta wonder. Going into this match, how many times, how much was it like, okay, we already took one guy out, so we can't take anybody else out. Shit. <laughs> yeah. The other important Thanks. thing for us to talk about this pay-per-view is Britt Baker's knee getting fucked up. Uh, Sheena and Statlander, they wind up lifting up Nyla Rose and powerbombing her into Breaker, who's set up in the corner. And Nyla lands on Britt Baker's right knee. And uh, Tony Khan has said that she has six to eight weeks of recovery um, because it's not a torn ACL. So six to eight weeks isn't terrible. And it wasn't Nyla's fault. The, the spot was off. Everyone was off. Everyone was a little bit off. Lately, yeah. things, this, this dynamite, people were just, uh, off. You know, so those are the main, are those the main things of dynamite that, uh, yeah, those were pretty much the, cause Brit and Phoenix oh, wait, 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 both wait. were supposed to compete, but didn't. There, there was a couple of other things. Um, yes, yes. I just wanted to make sure that I had this in front of me so that I don't, I don't miss these details. So when the elite and the inner circle are battling at the stadium, and you were in the chat room for this, so you 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 can oh, attest yeah. to the fact that this was canon. They all fighting at the stadium. Last person to show up and arrive is Adam is Adam Page from across from across the other side of the stadium. Comes running in on the on the grass and he's fighting the with world's the world's longest clothesline. And Stasis was disappointed because she she wanted a fucking horse. She was like, he should have. <laughs> she's like, if we're gonna be at the stadium. He should come out on a horse. And I remember I said in the channel, I was like, ha, Stasis wanted this guy to show up on a fucking horse in the, in, in the stadium. I was like, this, <laughs> you guys want this guy to really be a hardcore. I jokingly said, you guys really wanted this guy to be a hardcore cowboy with a, with a fucking horse in the, in the stadium. Anyway, so they go off the air hot with this battle going on. The, the elite stand <laughs> tall. Adam Page walks off the way he's been doing lately. And that was the end of the AEW to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. To be continued with that. <sighs> <laughs> oh man and also uh you know what man it's almost like aew the dynamite was almost as good as the paper there's things here that uh that i definitely do want to talk about because they all lead into the paper oh yeah um, let's do it moxley beating up uh what was his name 10 10 yeah he, then, yeah he he basically broke his arm he gave sense. him 10 seconds um <laughs> he gave he gave uh he gave uh freaking Brody lee 10 Brody seconds lee to come save the guy while his hand was trapped in a steel chair and then they abandoned him. He basically on a promo yeah, brings it to the satellite. He basically just wanted his belt back. 
Yeah, and he takes them. But out. I love, I love how Boxley does it though when he finally pulls the trigger. He's just like, oh, so well, see you Saturday. Thwack! And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> see you Monday, ten. You're gonna need to find another cult to join. Oh my god! Like, I can see Rollins I now. I just... This man was abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't abandon people. <laughs> you see 10 hugging Rollins. I'm going to be nine and a half when he goes over the other side. Unbelievable. Oh, but yeah, you got some up. So actually takes out 10. Um, another cool thing. I guess the old school guy, I me, mean, Jake and Arn sitting across from that long meeting table, having a discussion oh, yeah. about uh, Lance Archer versus Cody Rhodes. Um, Jake was a great promo as usual, but I love Arn Anderson as well, and he still hasn't lost the beat in being the person that I've always known him as the enforcer of the horseman. And the kind of shit, it reminds me when he used to back up Ric Flair, because anyone that ever watched the horseman, Arn was always Ric Flair's backup. That was always his right hand right there. And I just yeah. liked hearing him speak for Cody the way that he, uh, the way that he would speak for Flair. And hearing that part, it was so, it was so Arn Anderson when he told him, he said that you've been doing DDP yoga. And he was like, because I want you to be real limber when I spine bust you. <laughs> that moment I was like, wow, that's, that's some real shit right there. You know, this is what I love about this company is the old guys don't feel like they're in the way. No, like, they use them perfectly. Really, they use them perfectly. Really Arn and Jake are as in the mix as they need to be. How many years have we been on here saying the art of being a manager has become a lost profession and what they should be doing is taking all the older guys and, and attaching them to, uh, to the younger guys. That way you get your cake and eat it too. You get the older guys without them risking themselves physically, but you still get their personalities and they help push the younger guys. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Three cases at AEW. You know, I've always said that, you know, I'm, I love that they're doing, and they're doing it with more people. Didn't, isn't that what we said when the Tully thing first time? We were like, more people need managers and they need this. It's happening. It's happening, man. You see? So good. Oh, so good. God. Yeah, that was so funny. He was just like, that motherfucker said, I want you to be real. It was the way he delivered it to yeah. real number. So good, man. Oh, so good. Shit. I love AEW right now. Which, by the way, they destroyed NXT. They brought in 701,000 viewers to 0.26 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic versus NXT's 592,000. So they went over 100,000 low. 0.13 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. So... That little elevation they were on, kind of gone. Is it still a marathon? No, it, it is not still a marathon. <laughs> Race I, is I over. I cannot <laughs> objectively say that it is still a, uh, a marathon. You know? I'm never left the starting line. <laughs> yeah. Other things that are going to factor into us discussing this pay-per-view. I'm glad we only spoke about the kickoff before I realized just how much. You see, that's what happens when the storylines. If this was a WWE pay-per-view, we could just talk about the pay-per-view and fuck everything else because nothing mattered they did the day before. You know? But here, there was planning that went into this. But yeah... Matt Hardy put this on social media. You always said, Van Gogh, if you perished in the Great War, did you want to be laid to rest in your favorite box of tools? I respect that. I even filled up the fountain with your favorite champagne. And no, it is not that disgusting bubbly from the hole of the ass. I would never do that. Your favorite champagne. Today is about honoring you. And I, I feel so guilty, Van Gogh. Why, why did you confront the inner circle without me? There was five of them and only one of you. You are always so full-hearted. But a warrior, 
I am going to submerge you in the reservoir of altering rebirth. And I pray to the seven deities that they shall return you to me, Van God. You were my best friend. That is, this is good. It's just good. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! That is amazing stuff right there. Well, never seen a broken drone be so dramatic like that. Yeah, tell me about it. I had a friend break a drone once. That bitch went in the trash. This motherfucker had a whole funeral. Yeah, that was great. Alright, and as far as Dark, Dark just had re- regular random matches. They had, uh, Hikaru Shida against Danny Jordan, um, which I had a feeling Hikaru Shida was gonna be getting some sort of a push because, uh, she did this little thing in the middle of the match where she, I'm so sure you saw where she was talking to the cameraman and she was playfully telling everyone to stay at home and stay safe and to keep fighting, which normally she doesn't really, that was my issue with Shida. She doesn't really show any personality ever, whatsoever. And I was like, yeah. oh, then someone must have said, look, you're gonna get a push, so do something. You know, okay. and that's what she did. It wasn't much, but she came out and she basically, when, when she was at ringside, she, she kind of pulled a John Cena and she spoke into the camera. You know, she did a little salute. She showed her small clothes. No, she didn't do all of that, but. You know. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> you ain't shit for that. <laughs> that being said, it that- took me a second to catch it through your ass. <laughs> she ran as fast as she couldn't slid into the ring, right? <laughs> she ran for her life. You never catch me in the next girl sweater. So, um, oh. but, uh, but that being said, I like, uh, I like Danny Jordan. Um, I don't, I haven't seen her before. There's good German suplex, really solid bridged arm bar. Um, her kicks look really good. I think she has a unique look to her. So I want to see more of her too. You know, that was yeah, really I, good. I've seen her a couple of times. It's been a minute since I've seen her though. Yeah. Her car were going over rising knee strikes slash Falcon arrow. Um, the other interesting thing, Marco stunt, he got a bloody nose from that Cade guy somehow stiffing him there's some guy he's fighting named Cade not Cade not Cade from uh Destiny that Cade was funny but uh there's some guy named <laughs> and he was he I don't know she, on people all day there. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was some, this Cade guy he was somehow stiffing him with a simple elbow you know but at least Marco still managed to get a W over him but it was crazy seeing yeah. him because it's like he uh he <sighs> I get it. People like Marco Stunt. But even with, with this jobber that he's facing, isn't it weird to see a guy like Marco Stunt hit a crucifix power bomb into a 450 splash on yeah, a guy no. that bigger than him? A crucifix? <laughs> the, you hit the outsider's edge, the razor's edge? You? And this is How my so problem. This is my problem. Is that sometimes AEW is too much like a fighting video game. Whether I like Marco Stunt or not, if this was WWE, somebody in the back, and we criticize him for doing this, somebody in the back would have told him, you can't be hitting people with crucifix power bombs out here, even if they're willing to take it. And most people who are wrestlers wouldn't be willing to take it. How are you going to ever put somebody over who got a crucifix fucking power bomb from, from, from Marco Stunt? It's a big deal when Seamus, Razor, or Taker does it to you to be able to get, for them to be able to hit that. But Marco Stunt, no problem, crucifix. 
the the Cade guy could have been more careful with his sloppy striking. I don't know how you hurt somebody like that with strikes. You're not supposed to actually connect with strikes, so you're a bit of an asshole when you bloody somebody on punches. I could understand it happening on certain spots. I don't understand how you could be careless enough to accidentally hurt somebody with a strike, unless you're Nia Jax. Yeah. Call you Cade Jax now. Yeah, that was most of, of, of uh, Dark... Um, this the was becoming one of my favorite ta- um, stables, uh, the Super Bad Squad. Um, they had a match oh, too. Yeah. Match isn't important, but there was this. Kip does this uh kick thing, which I really like. The, the running kick, it's like a running snap kick, and where after he snap kicks the guy, he looks off in, into the distance, like he puts his hand over his head, like kind of like the Christian taunt. He puts his hand over his head, like he's looking off at the home run. Because he ran and snapped, kicked the shit, <laughs> and he looks off like it's out of here. But what really caught me about this one was uh Audrey, the ref. I love her acknowledging it. I don't think it was, actually. I think it was a regular. I think it was the one in the mail But they, but he acknowledged it, and he called a foul ball. He called a hard left, and then the super spat, bad squad. They're arguing with him like he's the actor umpire, and like, oh come on, you know. I thought that was really funny. So I, I, like, I love the AEW refs. Yeah, everyone's fun there. And, Everyone has a lot of fun. And the funny thing about it is. It even it was even reinforced during uh, Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. It changes. That was the Audrey one. That was the Audrey one. I can't wait till we get to it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that was it. The buy-in, the the dark matches, the dynamite. Now we get into that casino ladder match with Scorpio Sky yeah. facing off against Frankie Kazarian, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, the mystery opponent, and replacing Ray Phoenix, who fucked himself up. Joe, you get basically Joey Janela, and then Luchasaurus. Kip Saban being accompanied by Jimmy Havoc and Penelope Ford and of course Darby Allen. And uh the spoiler here is Brian Cage makes his debut and uh he goes over. He goes over. Boo. First of all, he slept through most of this match. The one match where no matter who would have won, the fans would have been okay with it because everyone there deserved it. They gave it to someone who did it. That being said, He's been signed, according to Tony Khan, he's been signed since back in January. So it's not like they couldn't have used him at a better time. They just, for some reason, made this weird decision. Um, I'm going to get more into what happened to him as we talk about the match. But that being said, just as far as some details in this match, uh, Jimmy Havoc took some pretty nasty ladder bumps. Um, that spot where Darby climbed the ladder and came down riding his skateboard to go oh through. Oh my God. It was to go through a ladder that was bridged across the outside that Kazarian was set up on. And that was a crazy and legit dangerous spot. So what a crazy I spot. thought he legit hurt himself. Yeah. Orange Cassidy on his intro took so long to come down. He was complaining <laughs> about the ladder. He, had, he almost took the whole countdown of the guy behind him because of how long he was flauntering around, not wanting to, uh, not wanting to. I love, I love <laughs> he goes over to commentary and he's like, what am I supposed to do? They go climb the ladder. And he goes, oh, like we told you a hundred times already. First time ever. He was told two, I can't remember who it was. It was like he was told 200 times. And they said first time ever that somebody, that a wrestler came on and asked the commentary the rules. And uh, that oh. was funny. But again, and this is a problem with wrestling, not just in AEW, but everywhere. Sometimes people don't know where the line is. And uh, not knowing how to set up the ladder was a bit overkill. Like, I get him being lazy yeah. and not caring too much about life. But then it's like, well, how does this thing stand up? He's not stupid. He just doesn't care enough about anything. That's the gimmick. Not that he's dumb. It's like, we got to stay objective here. Focus. Stay on target. Stay on target. You know what I mean? Like, of course he knows how to set up a ladder. He just can't be bothered to. His whole gimmicks, he can't be bothered, right? Yeah, he, he so, was literally trying to figure out every yeah, way that he like, could so do it without actually setting up the ladder. That kind of took me out of it. I didn't like that. Minor gripe, though. 
So anyway, I hear Taz's voice. Who can stop the path of Cage? And even though it's clearly Taz's voice, I'm in such denial because I'm like, why would I be hearing Taz say that? But nonetheless, Taz is in the next managerial role. He comes out with Brian Cage. I'm more excited to see Taz not sitting than I was to see Brian Cage's debut. You know, and he held the towel. Taz not sitting is rare nowadays. Yeah. And you know what, man? This Brian Cage debut sucked. Like he gets he gets this big intro, and five minutes later, he's unconscious underneath a prop poker chip. Yeah, you know that I mean? bothered oh, me. He could Brian Cage, grrr, and then a few minutes later, arms and legs spread. Dude's flattened like a pancake with a big fucking poker chip on top of him. Weekly Planet, how you doing, man? Welcome here on Ooh, this late night. What's going on, buddy? You know what? A big fucking poker chip on the guy. How how is that? You know what I mean? How's that a debut? Can you yeah. imagine if that happened to anybody who debuted in WWE? Like on their first thing, they're buried on. The- <laughs> See. Yeah, of course, I'll, I'll get into my opinion about the. Um, in fact, actually, if you want to continue, I can give my whole opinion on the whole cage thing. Um, just one other thing as far as the cage thing goes. There was he. Somebody bumped. He was under there so long that somebody bumped while he was still buried under the fucking thing. Yeah, I think match. I think uh, Janella hit a death valley, a rolling death valley driver on Sabian, and he was still under it. So, yeah, he hit he hit Orange Cassidy with a death valley driver, Joey Janella. Oh, he was Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Onto the poker prop, and Brian Cage is still under. What a debut! You're sleeping on the, and you get screwed over more, you know. So, meh, you know. And this is the guy yeah. that they that basically winds up winning the whole thing, you know, which which that actually got on my nerves. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was obviously his problems. Like he shouldn't have been just wiped out like this. I mean, this is the guy they call the machine. Now, when I look at certain things that happened in the match, I mean, obviously the pop was great. Like, because I, I actually completely forgotten about the fact that. Cage, there was talk of Cage signing because I hadn't thought about him in so long. I mean, but I've always been a big uh, Brian Cage fan, even from the days of Lucha Underground, Impact, pretty much everywhere I've seen him. Definitely having him just laid out for a solid like two, three, like solid five, six minutes, bad idea because nobody's ever done anything like that to Cage anywhere where he's just magically shown, where he's just first shown up. I don't necessarily have a problem with him winning it only because everywhere I've watched Cage before, I've seen the same pattern. He walks in, kicks in the front door, mows down damn near everybody who's in in front of him on that, on that initial push and goes straight after the world champion. I saw him do it with Puma and Lucha Underground. I saw him attempt to do it um, in Impact. We wanted to go through the Exhibition title and then um, the world title. So for me, it's believable because I'm like, okay, it's a nine-man ladder match. It's a gauntlet-style ladder match, and you don't even know one of the guys, and then it's Brian Cage. Like, that's a shitty situation to be in. It definitely could have been handled a ton better. That's, like, hands down. Oh, yeah. And to me, he's not that big of a deal. You know, so it's kind of like Brian Cage. It's like, meh. Yeah, I mean, I better say from walking cages, I've always kind of seen, like, that's the last guy I want to not know is in the match. Because, I mean, we've said on here before, if Vince could have got him... Oh God, Vince would have died of a heart attack. He would have been so happy. But <laughs> yeah, and the and the one, the one good uh bump was uh was the Darby Allen thing where he kind of throws Darby Allen. You know, the one cool spot he yeah. threw he threw the ladder. He, Darby Allen was laid across outside of the ring into like oh, another ladder. It looked crazy, but he really didn't have much of a presence there. You know. Yeah, they didn't do they didn't do as much with him as they could have. Cause I mean, if you've ever watched Kane, if you ever watched Cage wrestle on the ends, Cage does some crazy shit. This man can do damn near half the stuff the cruiserweights can do, and probably a little bit more in some cases. He didn't sh- get to show anywhere near what he's capable of. 
And I don't know a lot of people will be like, oh, but it'll have this one-on-one you know, debut in Dynamite. No, you do that in a match where there's eight other bodies that he can just go apeshit with. I mean, for God's sake, the man hit two of his three finishers in the match, being the Cyclone and the Drill Claw, that um, suplex piles driver. So it's like, it, it could have been done so much better than it was. Because when I saw him come out, I had like an instant flashback of yeah. everything I've seen him do, and I didn't see anywhere near as much of it. And also, he doesn't deserve it. We're not in a situation right now where he deserves that push. He just got there. You know, I, I get that they're going for the uh, the surprise thing, but you don't always need the shock value. You know, so my good match, I think that the ending kind of ruined it for me. You know. Okay, uh, what was next? Uh, MJF and Jungle Boy. MJF against Jungle Boy. With MJF going over, it was like a pinning combination. He grabs Jungle Boy's wrist between his legs via roll-up, right? Yeah, it was a modified European clutch, as they're calling it. Beautiful, yes. That was so cool, because it was unexpected, too. Yeah, good match overall. I did I did like that nasty poison run. A Jungle Boy catches MJF foot on the outside on the apron. Uh, oh, God, I got scared when he hit that. I was like, oh, God, he's out. <laughs> they kicked the shit out of each other. And this, this was such a good match. For it to be Jungle Boy's first one-on-one pay-per-view match, kid absolutely killed it. He sure did. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I think I, I would have just wanted him to win this one. I think he needed it more than MJF did. But then again, I guess they, they have him more primarily as a tag team guy. So I can kind of see it. And it seems like they're high on MJF right now. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely are. And uh, I expected, I thought in the replay, we were going to see another angle that he did something, the tights or something. But no, they wanted this to be clean, which I guess justifiably so, right? Yeah. yeah. Good Good overall. Show, show, show that he doesn't have to heal it up to get, uh, to get the win. Yeah. But yeah, awesome match. So then we have the AEW TNT title match. Yep. Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer versus Cody Rhodes. With Jake Roberts and Arn Anderson there, finish being Cody reverses that blackout spot that uh Lance does into two crossroads. Yeah, he hits one, never lets go, and stands up into the other. Yeah. And what I like about this, I don't know why the flashback popped into my head, but he did that same scream when he and uh Dustin won the tag titles from the shit for the shield. Mm-hmm. It was that same, like, I'm gonna hit this shit and kill this now, or that's it. Like <laughs> Yeah, I did see that bad camera angle of Mike Tyson out there yawning during the match. Tisk tisk, watch a truck. Be careful. <laughs> careful what you cut to. Tyson, don't be yawning. Tyson, don't give a fuck. Tyson, like I did, y'all tell me something. Yeah, y'all I saw like, my comeback tape. <laughs> I did like the one-upsmanship in this. Cody hitting Archer with Jake's DDT while looking right at Jake, and then Lance topping him by hitting um Anderson's spinebuster while looking at Anderson. I thought that was very solid. Um, Cody also hitting the bionic elbow followed by Dustin's finisher. Um, yeah, the, the, final uh, reckoning. the final reckoning. And then the cherry on top being the crossroads for just a two count. I thought that was very solid. Um, Cody almost spiked Lance on his head with that poison avalanche suplex. Careful. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> He's a big man. It's not going to work the same as everybody else. You know, Jake Roberts tries to bring the snake out, but here's Mike Tyson. He takes his shirt off to show his newfound physique and he holds off Jake. Yeah, everybody gets a plug. You get a plug. I'd be scared of man. I'd be scared of man. That old negative shape too. Sure. Yeah, you know, you bite the snake, the bite, bite the snake's head off, right? I'll tell you, I was, I was hoping he punch a snake. Like, take it out the bag and just punch a snake. That'd be awesome. <laughs> It'd be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on this match? Uh, I mean, 
it was so good to see Cody get that championship win. I like that they mentioned, because um, when they show the look of the title, they mentioned that because of everything going on with the pandemic, the belt's not finished yet. Yeah. So we're going to see this belt evolve over time. But, I mean, good-looking belt. I, I had no problem with the look of it at all. Cody took an ass kicking and a half in this match, so that kid it, earned that. It did look a little underwhelming, but I do understand the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely they did a good job of like making sure like you know like hey this isn't the finished product so yeah well we'll see how that turns out uh we have Penelope Ford she has a match because she's replacing Britt Baker so we can't have Britt Baker because of the injuries so and Penelope Ford replacing Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander yep. finish being Statlander. Statlander going over with the Big Bang Theory thoughts oh hard hitting one I mean. God, for for Penelope to get for for Penelope to be the replacement on such short notice, I've I've I lately I've been I've been becoming more and more a fan of this girl. I told you absolutely. Told you. Yeah, she's she's grown. She grew on me, man. She that whole that whole that <laughs> at, whole at, super bad squad is dope. At this point, I'm like, Kip, don't you fuck up her push. Like, don't you? <laughs> they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Oh yeah, but she she yeah they they did really good. But Statlander definitely needed to win this one. So. Yeah, now cool. The post you tag me in, did you tag me in the completed title or or just some concept version of it? Uh, it was something like I guess that's what everybody's thinking the title's gonna look like because we haven't seen what it's gonna look look like yet. What the hell? What I because I know I, 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 what they think it should look like. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Everybody saw that and they were just like, "Oh, that's what it's gonna look like." And it's like until I see that thing finished, I don't want to see shit. Yeah, pretty much just like I want to see this concept art like, shit. Like, like I want, like when I when I when I see the belt on TV, that's what everybody wants to see. And like I don't know what this, what this thing has become nowadays, where it's like, hey, take it out, look at what we think the belt's gonna look like. And I'm like, no, I want to see it. <laughs> like, no. It doesn't matter what you think the belt out. should look like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I want to see Cody come out with the finished belt. Until yeah. then, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, fantastic match by both yeah. these ladies. Very. This, this this women's division starting to come together. Like, mm-hmm. Statlander hit hits the suicide dive where she almost face plants into the barricade. She's lucky her arm stopped her. You know, she almost ate barricade. Oh, it's a good. They better be lucky them barricades move as much as they do. These suicide <laughs> dives, it's like it's they're becoming less suicide dives and more like M Bison's move. You notice that? <laughs> like now people are just, people hit the ropes and they'll be like, Psycho Crusher. It's like, what? It's like what they always tell you to do whenever you have Raiden, you're fighting Shao Kahn, that one move. Yeah, right? That's what they're doing. They're pulling the Raiden out through the ropes. Like, Raiden come fucking flying through the ropes. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're going to die out there. Yeah, I mean, there's some people out there who are definitely safer than others, but yeah, that one was a little sketchy. It was. Oh, shit, right? She's like, like, I mean, we, we'll, we'll get into it with uh, the Moxley match, but I mean, Broly Lee has a really safe suicide dive. So, uh, after that, we had Dustin Rhodes being accompanied by Brandy against Sean Spears. Probably my second, no, probably my first, my least favorite match, I guess. Finish being Dustin going over with the final reckoning. Now, yeah, uh, it was more the build up to this one, just like no real excitement. I wasn't thrilled. Here's the thing. Dustin shouldn't go over Sean Spears. And it's not just because I'm a Sean Spears fan currently and I'm really enjoying his push, but because Dustin's much older 
And they've been building Sean Spears into something this entire time, starting with the chair shot with Cody and just him being a badass after that. And then they contradicted all of that, making him all but a joke in the final moments of this match with his ass out, his Tully underwear with Tully's, Tully's face on his dick. And on the underwear for some reason where his dick goes, Tully's faces, you know, that, that whole thing, Spear, you know, that whole thing with Spears where he, uh, he drops his shorts exposing him. And then JR's commentary, Spears thinks he's auditioning for a prison movie. He needs to see a doctor because his ass is cracked. Like, and then it brings the question, why did he have Tully's dick on his underwear? If they were trying to be funny, why would that be funny on a character you've been pushing serious this entire time? And why would Dustin be able to beat him? Tell me now what happens to fucking Sean Spears? Because he was just beat by 50-year-old Dustin in his Tully Blanchard underwear. Like, at that point, that better have just been, like, a one-off. Because you can't have him... Like, it's not going to say, like, that there should have been a one-off. There shouldn't have been. But, like, if y'all fuckers are going to pull that, that's one-off. And now, okay, done. Now we're back to push your song Spears. (laughs) Even if it was a one-off, right? That one-off made him look more silly than anything that the Ty Dillinger character ever had to endure. Maybe he jobbed out, but he never jobbed out wearing fucking Dutch Mantel's face on his dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, this this seemed like this had to have been more for Dustin than anything else, but Dustin didn't need it, but who who knows at this point? AEW Women's World title, no DQ match. Nyla Rose defending against Hikaru Shida. With the finish being, she, she, well, go ahead. I was going to say the finish being, yeah, after kneeing her over and over and over again, damn near decapitating the bitch, Hikaru Shida claims uh, the women's championship. She breaks the candlestick. Actually, she breaks the candlestick over her head. Over Nyla's face, basically, and then takes her out with with the running knee. But did you notice who she was dressed up as, though? I actually did not. I can't remember. It was, oh, somebody said the name online. It was a girl from Final Fantasy. Because she had the suspended, oh, I wish I could remember the name. Oh, she was dressed up as Tifa? Yeah, Tifa. Yeah, I didn't, I guess I wasn't looking for it. Yeah, I, I didn't catch it either until somebody, until I saw somebody say it the next day, like, yeah, that was a, a Tifa-themed outfit. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, very cool. AEW World Title Match, John Moxley defending against Mr. Brody Lee. And to finish this one. A little something different. Uh, Moxley chokes out Brody Lee with a bulldog choke. Yeah, but this was something that was the the finish was sequential, which is something I like that they do in AEW. They spend a lot of time leading into it because what essentially happens is Moxley paradigm shifts him into the ground from the ramp. (laughs) They bust open and fall through the ground. Now, Brody Lee is now busted open. So, uh. At one point after Brody recovers, Moxley's hitting him with the paradigm shift to a fast one count. And what I like about that is it almost felt like they were telling the story of the fact that his adrenaline is what made him kick out that fast. Because he's more hurt. Logic would dictate at this point, you're not going to get a one count on somebody who you just hit with your finisher through the ground and then hit him again. But it was a fast one count. His adrenaline kept him alive. So this causes Moxley to go nuts. And he's pounding on the spot that he's busted open in. And then once he gets that spot nice and open, then he hits him with another paradigm shift to a two count, which finally makes him opt into using the sleeper because it just yeah. became obvious to him this guy wasn't going to go out any other way. So I like this exactly pretty much um, how, you know, it led from the, the, the finisher into the submission with the yeah. leading everything factoring into it. Yeah, I think I even said in the chat room, basically, he couldn't knock him out. So he had to choke him out like Brody wouldn't go away. So he had to just make sure Brody couldn't breathe because I. I mean, there's always the phrase, if you can't breathe, you can't fight. Exactly. 
But yeah, I mean, amazing job. Brody killed it. Like I was mentioned earlier, Brody has probably the safest suicide dive I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but yeah, they oh, they knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic job in the both of them. Yeah. Can't complain there. And then the main event was the stadium stampede match. <laughs> the elite, the, the elite hangman page, Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick, and broken Matt Hardy against the inner circle, Jericho and Jake Hager, Ortiz and Santana, and Sammy Guevara finished being <laughs> the one wing angel off the top of the seats and the top on the top row on the second floor, I guess, on Sammy. I, oh, this was different. I love the football intro that the inner circle had. And they, brought, and they brought their own cheerleaders. Well, did the cheerleaders really need to wear masks though? Couldn't they just cheer six feet away from one another? Like you had the, why, why would the cheerleaders would need to wear masks? You know? Uh, yeah. I did kind of like it. They mentioned that everybody's uh, number has significance. Like the one I remember was, uh, Jericho having number 27. That was his dad's number when he played hockey. Yeah. So that was one hell of an intro. And then the elite come out. And wouldn't you know it, Adam Page actually arrives on a fucking horse at the end. <laughs> like it, it could happen. He actually came out on yeah, a fucking horse. He came out with some cowboy on a horse. And poor Sammy Guevara. It's almost they're, what they're trying to do: turn Sammy Guevara babyface because this guy has the shittiest <laughs> luck in the world. You know what I mean? Like he's definitely the fall guy of the inner circle. Like now that he's chasing him, and <laughs> chasing him down on the fucking horse. You know, Yo, um, I was crying. During gets, this the match. poor guy gets chased down by everything. There's all kinds of chased stuff by a horse, horse and a golf cart in the same. Hand. Yeah, the golf cart where he ran his ass like a cartoon away from that golf cart. He he had golf cart PTSD, <laughs> PTSD to that golf cart. Yo, I I love when he looked up and he heard it and he looked around like, oh fuck, not again. Incredible. But the um, best part of the whole match for me, <laughs> it's actually technically two legs. First of all, Jericho hits the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot with a Jewish effect. And yes. I can't remember who it was he pinned, but it was a two count. And that motherfucker said, I challenge the play. Yeah, yeah. And then and him and Audrey went into like the little tent and they closed the tent behind them Yo, to challenge I the play. Was, we'll go look at the replay. I, I saw that shit. I was crying. I was like, no, they really did it. What do you think? Um, Matt, Matt Jackson got a, Matt Jackson. They did this thing where Matt was uh doing his rolling Northern Light suplexes, and over they were doing and it like he did a hundred yards. He got to the end. That motherfucker did like a Terrell Owens football dance. I got a fifteen yard penalty and then super kicked the ref. Yeah, he didn't. First first person in history to ever get a touchdown using Northern Light suplexes because he went across the whole <laughs> field all the way to the goal using the Northern Light suplexes. Sammy. Crazy poor Guevara. That's what I mean. He has the worst <laughs> luck. He has the worst. He he's becoming the fall guy. <laughs> You know, um, and then you had all kinds of crazy high spots. Nick Jackson with the moonsault off of the goalpost. Omega getting double power bombed by Santana and Ortiz. And uh, what really stood out to me was I loved Ortiz and Santana drowning Matt Hardy. And then I, I forget which one it was, but one which one was it they couldn't swim because one of them couldn't swim. It, it was um, it was Ortiz. Ortiz can't swim. Yeah, and then Santana, he's like, I can't swim. He's like, Come on, come in here. Stop being up in there. What was it? Uh, I, I can't just, remember which one. The car- it's three feet of water. And he says, stop being a pendejo. <laughs> and then he carefully, very carefully climbs into that water. Very cautiously, he gets in there. And they're trying to yep. draw Matt. And then Matt turns into Team Extreme Matt first. He literally went all the way back to Team Extreme version of Matt. 
And then oh, uh, they turned into V1 when the yeah. math fact came up. I popped so hard. 1. I wish you could see in the chat room. He turned into Fat Hardy. Oh, and each match. time they dunk him under the under the water, he's doing like his hand gestures and stuff in the water. Like it was such a crazy <laughs> camera. It was such a ridiculous camera angle, man. Oh my god. And uh, Hardy finally gets his revenge, and he puts Santana on. I believe it was Santana, right? Yeah, I think it was Santana. He puts him on ice. He gets to be put in the in the freaking uh, Jacksonville Jaguars ice box. He doesn't reincarnate into anything, though. I guess it's only for oh, Matt. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, Hager hitting um, Adam Page with that Uranagi on the pool table looked really rough. Um, all kinds of stuff. You know, like you mentioned, Jericho hitting the Jacksonville mascot. This was all over the place. This was violence at its best. Yeah, there it was violence. It, it was the perfect combination of violence and comedy. Yeah, and it was less heavily edited than the WWE. There were edits. There were some hard cuts I didn't like and stuff. Yeah, but it was it was less heavily edited than anything we've seen, and it worked very well. Very very. You could well. see they only edited things when they had to, like as they have like the Northern Lights suplex. He didn't really Northern Lights suplex him a hundred yards. Yeah, but for but for but for the sake of the payoff, it was worth it. But just a lot of stuff they did. Like, I love my one of my favorite little things they did is when Adam Page was still looking for Sammy Guevara on the horse, and he didn't realize he was back out on the field yet. And Jr. goes, "If I ever go missing, God, don't 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 have Adam Page come looking for me." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the best part about this, the commentary at one point, they just started having fun. It was just like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's what they should be doing, you know. Yeah, you know, you know it's good. Simply. You know it's a good match when you can tell at one point the commentary is just having fun with it. Like, okay, we're supposed to call this, but this is too funny. Like, yeah, that was that was incredible. Overall, I enjoyed the pay-per-view. I kept hearing people were upset. I don't know. You guys are really angry. One minute you're like, we show love and respect because people are, are have mental health and you shouldn't bully and you shouldn't judge everyone. And then it was like, that pay-per-view is shitty. Yeah, like, I don't understand how you don't like this pay-per-view. Like, it was fine. I'm telling you, the people who like it are just the people who just want to bitch. The people who hate it are just the ones who just bitch about AEW for nothing. Yeah. They so really basically, are. nobody with a credible opinion hated nobody with a credible opinion actually uh hated this like like if you like if you have like if your opinion has any kind of logic you like this whole pay-per-view like (laughs) yeah pretty much cool they're they're not putting that thing in a video game that is way too complicated to put in a game what like the whole the stadium stampede thing because he wants like the whole display and it's like it wouldn't surprise me if it's in a game just because there's no way that that's the only time they're gonna have a stadium stampede they didn't name it and go through the trouble they have access to that that stadium as it is regularly they're gonna do it again you know what i mean they they aw needs its own stuff which they've been good at coming up with that's their own thing they came up with that the stadium stampede is something that they can always do they can be like let's have a stadium stampede and it's a thing the same way tna had final lockdown and all that other kind of stuff you know and dixieland your favorite dixieland the same way they had all those kind of things (laughs) you know i i i I was more of a fan of the last last rise match yeah well you know like i said i'm I'm sure there'll be other stables and other wars that'll happen in the stadium stampede so inevitably it'll wind up in a game at some point it's doable. It's just I don't know if it's gonna be like because I, I think the only reason I wouldn't want to see it in a game because I, I know what a lot of people would expect from it. It would just be like all the craziness and the theatrics, and I'm like, uh, it's probably not gonna be that much. 
I, I mean, at least not to that extent. I don't why? know. But then again, why wouldn't I'm it be not that sure much? We're going into a completely new evolved generation of games just a few short months away. Do you think that they went through the trouble of making these new machines just so that it'll be slightly different? Like, has it ever been slightly different when you've jumped a generation? You yeah, sure. You got me there. It's going to be crazy. You're going to be able to do, trust me, man. Like, think about the jump. If you think about every generation of consoles in your mind and you think about the generation that came after it, think of how much it jumped. They'll be able to do a lot of the things that we've always wanted because you usually get more, you know? So I wouldn't worry about oh, yeah. it. It wouldn't surprise me. You get some really good wrestling games and stuff like that now. Yeah. Like, if they, if they could manage to pull that off, I would be all for it for sure. <laughs> they will, man. I promise you they will. Yeah. Cause they listen to their fans. Unlike some people out there. So uh, something interesting did happen on being the elite. And this was the night before Double or Nothing. Don't ask me what the hell this means. Come on in. Oh, there he is. There he is. What's up, guys? It's It's broken. Okay, well, I've um, I've only got a little while, so if we're going to do this thing, let's... Do it right, hurry up and get it over with. Um, we're obviously at a disadvantage here. You can sit in a circle. There you are. A well-oiled machine. Uh, we are in shambles, obviously. Um, so I think if we're going to beat them, honestly, my opinion is, if we're going to beat them, you got to think like that. If you're going to beat the inner circle, you got to get in a circle. If you're going to be on the football field, <laughs> you got to get in a circle. In a literal circle? In a circle. Yeah, not an inner circle jerk, but an actual yeah. circle. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm talking you're about. Oh, about no, no, you're, you're right. Yeah. It's like, huddle circle. I think this is this is good for us, right? Like yeah, it need, feels good that you're back. Yeah. Well, okay. we need to get on the same page. Yeah. Like the old days. Like, no, I agree. That old fire that we used to have. Yeah. Right. But, just, but how do we get? That? I don't know. How do we get that? Edge? It just feels like there's been something missing all yeah. along, right? Uh-huh. I, just, yeah. I, I don't know exactly I what that is, uh-huh. who that is. Yes. It, but it's something. It is definitely something. The group oh, needs yeah. it. And, and if, yeah. we're, if we're ever going to be in our circle, yeah. we need that something. Right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's like... That's what I'm saying. If, if, if there was just someone yeah. that, that, like, I don't know, like walked right through that door. That could help us. came yeah. here. Yeah. It was the secret to, to, to helping us with this entire situation. I mean, I just, you're, you're making the focus pretty yeah. good here. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I, just, I, like I don't that. know what it is. Hey, this was a great idea. I, mean, I feel like I'm just... just Getting ready, you we'll know, and yeah. just so on fire and just ready to fight these guys at the pay-per-view, you know, and, oh, this is great. What is it? I'm back, baby. I don't know, guys. I just, I, I just think hard, just yeah. focus, and I just, I think if we stay, maybe we get a little tight. Just, just leave the stick over there, Mark, okay? What, what do you mean, leave the stick? Just over on the side, okay? What, okay. Yeah, leave the, over there. There's a dollar bill on the thing. Yeah, guys, focus it's Nick, Nick, Nick. Hey, the British waitress, shut up. We're focusing yeah, here. We British waitress? <laughs> yes, we're like, look, look. We need to find our edge, and I, I think we're almost there. We're getting there. Getting close. Hi, man. Get a little tighter. Yeah. Look, this isn't even my floor. Just take it down yeah. two floors, you dumb son of a bitch, and go and get the hell out of here. Yes. Yes. first time we've been Okay. All right, let's think. Little circles help. Let's give us think. a second here. Maybe we get a little tighter. Get just tighter. a little tighter, maybe? maybe? A little shoulder rub we'll or help, something. Help us yeah. I just, a little I don't know. I'm just blanking out. Yeah, this isn't working. Yeah, we are close. You idiots! What? You let them walk out. So, so the without way. paying a tip. Oh my God, our reputation. We oh, gotta pay his tip. Who's got it? Hey, hey! Hey, did you like that video? Oh, Click the screen God. for more. And we get a Marty. Your we get a Marty's girl cameo. I wonder, did it mean anything or nothing? That was so weird. I right? hope the kitchen does, because I'm gonna tell you something right now. 
if that music hits on dynamite, holy pop, Batman. <laughs> like, for those who don't understand, at this point in his career, Marty Scroll damn near gets Road Warrior pops when he shows up. Like, this man is over on top of over with a side dish or over. It is going to be ridiculous if he shows up. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And and people have been wanting him to show, even if it's like a working relationship when it comes to ROH and AEW, people have just been wanting to see him. Mm-hmm. And the last thing about this pay-per-view that happened during the pay-per-view, they announced another pay-per-view, which is fantastic because it's pretty much, in a sense, where it all began. I'm going to run that ad for you guys right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about a super card here. The biggest card of the year, without a doubt for us. This is a day that will go down in history. Gentlemen, we have picked a great night to band together one more time. This is going to be one hell of a ride, fellas. A very, very memorable evening. Can't wait for you to be all out. Yep, September 5th, All Out returns. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Hopefully to a crowded venue. Yeah, that would be nice. You know, that's what we can all pray for, right? Praise great to Jeebus. Okay, so uh, the only other thing we're really going to talk about before we wrap up here, because like I said, we want to we can get to talk about everything. I, I get that. You know, a couple things, though, just for amusement. Did you see Ron Strowman's fish that he caught recently? I did not. Yeah. God, I haven't gone fishing in years. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see this. Jesus. This dude is Goku, right? Fucking Gojira. Like, what the hell's going on here? What, the, what, 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 what that motherfucker cosplay? What, is he cosplaying like Monster Hunter? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a Monster Hunter. <laughs> like that. Even if you could, wouldn't you just be too scared at that point? Like, I wouldn't yeah. even try. I'd be like, hell no, I'm too scared. Let's get a small. I wouldn't reach. I wouldn't reach for that thing. I think I drag me down with it. You kidding me? He's huge. How is he not scared? How like how you how are your fan how are your pants not full? Like how is it not leaking into your shoes? Like what? Where'd you find something that big? How did he catch it? Did he punch it? (laughs) Did he nuke it? Like (laughs) (laughs) called an airstrike? Like what? Where the hell is he fishing? I don't know. (laughs) Jurassic Park. (laughs) fish is colossal like that good god i couldn't even imagine what it would feel like to put your hands around something that looks like it's from another planet you probably wouldn't know you probably wouldn't know what to think for freaking shit whipped you into the water like that is good god in heaven like I, i'm knowing like i've seen usually you gotta go way down deep to find fish that big like yeah. Where are you at where you can just catch those? Yeah, that is... Yep. He has that shit by the tail, too. Like, he's ready to pull it up. That's a scary right, dude. Like, like, well, I wish you would. I look. Scary dude. It's crazy. What, him or the fish? Both. Because <laughs> <laughs> in that case, you gotta be specific, because I am clearly more afraid than one or the other. He put hashtag catch and release, so you're telling me he puts that back in the ocean? You gonna try to eat all that fish? Goliath Grouper, hashtag catch and release. That's what it is. Wow, that's how big those things get? I, yeah, because I know I know that type of fish. I didn't realize they get that big. Yeah, he put uh, monsters catching monsters. Yeah, Goliath Groupers are huge, but like I've never that must be like a full-grown one then, because I've never seen one that big. Yeah. Jesus. That was just for 
a little amusement. Oh, I was amused. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's other stuff that we could talk about, but we're not doing super late shows anymore. We're going to have co- other content and stuff. Let's talk about Raw. I know everybody's been dying to any bullet points stand out to you in Raw. Um, the only thing I can say is that opening with the Kevin Owens show, they finally stole AEW's idea of using their roster as the crowd, but this time they're using the NXT branch, which Kevin Owens acknowledges, and they have the plexiglass around them like we're at a hockey game. Yeah. A lot, a lot, most of it was a, a lot of trainees, but a couple of faces I saw out there, uh, Casey Catanzaro. I saw Jessamine Duke, who I haven't seen in a long time, because I know she's been injured, but she screams on using a lot. Uh, Maria Shafir. Few few different names scattered about. So. It didn't feel um, as organic as the AEW one. The, in the beginning, the cheers and the booze felt too in sync in time. Then when the, when the promo was going on, it was dead silent. That's not how a real crowd acts. And they were also specifically told to stay where they like stay where they were. Where in the AEW crowd, they kind of move around more. There's more motion, so it's like maybe they were also told to not talk during promos, which fans don't do. So you should have some kind of talking or heckling and stuff going on. But that being said, good opening segment with Oscar taking out Nia and, and Natalia and Charlotte fighting, leading to this stuff later. Um, Apollo Crews becoming the U.S. champion over Andrade. Also interesting aspect and direction. Long time, there. long, long time coming. Uh, I enjoyed the segment with the Iconics, you know, with Bliss and Cross. When, when uh, the Iconics told Nikki to stand there and be grateful and then she verbally blows them up. You know, so Nikki you know. went in on that promo. I, that was, I, that was one of the best promos I've heard her cut. Yeah, she just talks about everything, how she scraped and crawled for the spot just as much as Bliss did, and taught Bliss some things about friendship, and the Iconics get angry and wind up taking them out in retaliation. For some reason, we have the Street Profits beating the Viking Raiders at golf, proving that you don't definitely need to be half Asian for that to happen. And this this segment was probably the most poorly edited segment in years in WWE. There was some real obvious hard cuts, and it was almost like for no reason. I don't know what the edits were for or why they were. Isn't that like way. every one of their segments when they do this nowadays? This was terrible. Rough, though, if you go back, like awkwardly, sometimes mid conversation, there'd be cuts. You know, like go back and look at when Hanson was eating the chicken. They were like, "You can't. You're not allowed to have food here for no reason whatsoever." There's a very hard cut there, and he's just suddenly at the uh, at his at the caddy or whatever the hell the thing is. With the, uh, it's going to get worse weird. every it's week. I don't know what's going on here. I mean, the whole build up to this, most likely, if it's wrestling one on one, which to me is going to be dumb anyway, which one of them going to turn heel eventually? They're going to do a contest where one loses their shit and attacks the other ones. And then that leads to the match. You know, someone's going to put somebody <sighs> else. It'll be, I don't know, they'll do air hockey. Watch it be something like that. I hope I'm not predicting right now, but they'll do air hockey or some shit. One of them's going to lose it, whoever the heel's going to be, and is going to put the baby faces through the fucking table. And leave them in their own air hockey or whatever. Or if it's pool, it'll be a pool table. There's going to be a point where someone finally loses their shit about not being able to win. And that's going to be the heel turn. And they fuck the other guys up. As long as it pays off in an actual wrestling match, I think I'm okay. I mean, it's gonna, what else could it pay off in? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, maybe, 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 maybe <laughs> in this feud with Domino's at this point. All I'm saying is they've done three weeks in a row where there was no actual wrestling. I don't trust it anymore. I think that... uh I don't need to see them wrestle at that often. This is the kind of stuff they should have been doing all along. I think that it'll make for a very good story collectively. Individually, it's annoying. Collectively. At a pay-per-view. That's a very good-looking video package. When you go back to these guys being buddies and doing all these things together, and then one puts the other one through an air hockey table or some shit at the end of the, <laughs> the thing. You can literally that's a, see... That's assuming they do it. 
or whatever they do. There's going to be a fallout where they beat each other over the head with pool sticks, if it's a pool game or whatever. Eventually, I don't think they'll do it yet, but eventually, assuming this is the story they want to tell, these guys are going to turn on each other and, and then they'll have the match. And the bad part about it is, is to the point where it's like, what else do you do besides just Street Profits winning? I think that's what's taking me out of it at this point because it's like, what you're going to tell me that they just can't beat the fucking Raiders? Like, no, it'll be yeah, like, like, uh, like it'll, it's, it's all, it's, it seems like it's like, are they going to tell me that in every scenario where they're going to be tag titles, God forbid the Viking Raiders show up? Like, it, it'll be a lot like I'm assuming it'll be like New Day and uh, the Usos. It'll just probably be a back and forth rivalry for all of eternity. Problem is, it hasn't even been back and forth. It's just been the Raiders beating them over and over again. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Maybe that's the whole thing. And then at the end, when they finally do win, that will make the the Viking Raiders really good baby face. I mean, heels. Imagine yeah. that. You know, the the these guys are the Street Profits are losing over and over again on everything, like you said. But then they finally win at something, and whatever that is, then they put them through that table or that thing. Like they couldn't stand the one loss. Now they fucked them up for it. Well, I feel like it would losers. have to be like for the heel turn for me at least to really have the effect. It would have to be like the match itself. Because that's be where, because that that's where this whole thing has stemmed from the fact that uh, basically ever since NXT, every time the Viking Raiders and the Prophets have come, have gone head to head. The Raiders have always won the match. It could go the and other way too. Like it could be that they just send the Street Prophets get frustrated that they are losing and everything, and they turn heel. Yeah, and then yeah, then you could build that into another match, and then they finally get their win back. Think about yeah, it. Whenever WWE has a team that has a lot of charisma and really over with the fans, they always fuck it up and make them hate it. Yeah, so I'm scared every time they play and stuff. That gimmick would work heel or babyface anyway, so they'd be fine. Both of them can go it back could. and forth and it'd be okay. They'll be okay no matter yeah. what they do there. We just we just need a minor adjustment, but they'd have it. Yeah. Uh, Rollins' two disciples go over Humberto and Alistair Black, and then uh, afterwards they're gonna take out Humberto's eye, but uh, they sort of hold him hostage while Black is standing there, and they basically say that if they keep coming after his disciples, then Ray's sacrifice will be all for nothing. It'll be in vain. That's the main thing that happened there. So I guess, I don't know. I thought for a minute they were going to become more Rollins' disciples, like he was going to talk them into disciples right there. That's what I thought he was going for. Who knows? Maybe not too late. Main event I didn't give a shit about. What was the Beatdown Clan reunion? Yeah, fucking... Which is so weird. Or the beatdown like, oh, crew. God, I don't know what the hell they, so they were called. The beatdown crew. Those guys. The and the funny thing about it is, the more I thought about it, I remember this gimmick now. Because I remember, yeah, Lashley wasn't in the group. Lashley was doing his own thing at the time. But they wound up coming back together because I guess MVP, want, MVP wanted the world title. But yeah, like, this was basically the reunion of when Lashley first became world champion in TNA, though. WWE finally learned how to use MVP the way that TNA was using MVP because I did say on here during MVP's last run when he was, didn't he like half owned the company or some crazy shit? Yeah. He, he, he was, uh, he was that mystery thing. investor. Yeah. Right. I remember saying that that was the best his personality had ever been in all the years of him wrestling. He really showed character and stuff and he was better in his promos than he was in the ring and the way he comes off and stuff, you know, and, uh, I'm seeing that now here. Like, I like the MVP characters. The wrestling has always been underwhelming to me, but the character of MVP and the way he talks to and interacts with people, I think is a really good character. And uh, it's starting to show here, too. So I, I don't mind it. I think it's really good. You know, and it's yeah. perfect to put him with somebody who's a piece of dry toast like Lashley because he needs somebody who's a good mic piece that has, like, uh, some personality to them, you know? Exactly. That can make me forget he's there and sweaty. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> he did something, maybe forget about the sweat. Last week's Raw did 1.757 million views, 
second lowest in history. They didn't break their record from a couple weeks ago when they were the lowest in history, but it did drop again. Who knows what this week is? Too soon to tell since it just went off the air a few hours ago. We'll be reporting that next week. So, yeah. Awesome. Anything else that we want to mention or talk about before we get out of here? Um, no, it looks like they're definitely kicking us Ray and Seth feud off for sure. Cause they were talking about, Oh, Ray Mysterio retires next week. And I'm like, no, yeah, he's- yeah. He's supposed to have his retirement speech next week. I'm not buying any of that. Obviously they're not doing that. Yeah. No. Exactly. All right. This has been fun guys. Don't forget, you can always check the chat room, check talkbrunch.com or mixer.com slash talkbrunch throughout the week. You know, check usually after 10, 11 if we're going to do random streams. You got our Wednesday party game zone still after AEW in the same chat room. And we got our Sunday night, uh, 8, 9 p.m. ish streams of our Sunday content. So that being said, thank you to everyone who's been hanging out with us this entire evening. Thank you to sugar shane once again thank you for the donation my friend uh stasis willie v2 emang as always cool ice george dirty crow gtn fred rocks uh far fig newton mark 710 hunter sats 32 maxilo maxi belgian sexy blue eyes 1993 uh Killing Rock 2000, Sublime Soul 96, Heed Sack, Crack Ugly, Long Time No See, Weekly Planet 516, Welcome Back Again, Nano, and the rest of you listening on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and across all different platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to episode 385 of Talk Brunch Live, hosted by yours truly, Rick Darry, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we're out of here. Be a star. Shut it down.